kind of thing like so you started off on who kind of who was who was running the world yeah 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 because a lot of people come into this off of 911 yeah so um, you you obviously but, didn't come off of you didn't no, come into this no, sort of thing 911 you so you so you started reading reading books or seeing videos about who runs the world yeah and it started your interest yeah basically yeah but i i just kind of find it interesting that there was that there was that connection from the school i went to right the way through to that time when i had this conversation with my friend and he said check out this video and so i did and, and like i said that was the start of it and so it was, where did where did you go from there how did it lead on to the research you've been doing now well it, it just became something that i just wanted to communicate and when you find out what's really going on and the fact that society events are not random world events are not random they happen according to an agenda and i have a phrase which i use in pay-per-view all the time it's right the book which is um society is agenda driven not people driven and what that means is society is not structured and not um directed in a path that is best for people but best for this agenda the agenda of those really running the world which we're going to get into and mm. um once you know what that agenda is a nightmare agenda then you um what can you do you can't walk away from it you can't just let it happen the only option is to try to communicate it and so as i learned more and more i thought well you know i, I feel confident that i know enough now i've researched enough now to start communicating it and and so you started off with a podcast well i, I i've been posting on facebook and i've been talking to people and i've been doing various things before that but my first proper venture if you like was um was pay-per-view yeah and the idea behind the book, here it is, was to um, basically take the first year of pay-per-view and um, make it into a book, basically, the transcripts of the episodes. And then when I, as soon as I started that, I realized that's not enough. I've got to add a heck of a lot more information here. There's a ton of information that's not in the podcast episodes. So... Um, it's basically mm -hmm. just a life's work. It's everything I've researched up to this point. And I know you do a lot of work on this, you see, because yeah. you, you've started off very lightly saying, I just watched a few videos at school. <laughs> and you went from there. But the truth is, I know that virtually every waking hour, you are doing research on this. Yeah, yeah, this and you've been, and I've known you for maybe 10 years, and I've known that for at least 10 years, you have been fully committed into researching this at high levels going yeah. to many different events with many different speakers of which i started yeah. joining you a bit later on yeah um and you've really really dug deep now and from going i mean we do want to know what happened to this girl at some point but we'll get back to that at I the never, end no, i never i never saw her <laughs> i never saw her again but but so what but you're saying is you started this school so That's you remember that moment i thought it was uh, well, you you remember that moment when you had this video and you had this awakening feeling of yeah. something's not right. For me, it was 9-11. Yeah. I, had, I had that moment with 9-11. I stood on the top of one of the buildings of 9-11. I remember the building. I remember its size. It's colossal width and size, you know, and then the logic of a plane going into it and making that much damage, especially when Building 7 came down as well. 
that's the thing that was my crucial moment and yours was clearly watching this video when it started it anyway let's just plow into things now so so i'm very aware that dan's done many years how old are you now dan 29 i started i started researching this when i was 17 so it's right. 13 the best part of 15 so you've done about 13 years and i've known yeah. you for 10 of them and i know how committed you are and yeah. i know how much you've traveled and researched this so let's just start now remember what i said these are dan's views uh, and we're just going to go through them and let's make some sense of them so first of all let's talk about the web of control you're going to talk about the fact that um all is not as it seems all is no. <laughs> someone mentioned that to me and went from there too. Oh yeah, <laughs> you never wonder who that was, Louise. Um, so you're going to start with the web of control, and yeah. all is not as it seems. So why don't you tell us a bit about the web of control? Okay. Well, people look at news events and they look at world events, and they seem random and they seem spontaneous, and it seems like decisions are made by those in power shortly before they're announced, and it seems like the people announcing them are the ones making them and one of the things i discovered very early on is that none of those statements are true certain things are random and spontaneous but the real society changing and directing events are um anything but and you can symbolize the structure as a spider's web in the center is the spider the elite the less than one percent as some people call them um they go by names like the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, um, the Habsburgs, um, and other names. And um, the, out from them, the next strand of the web is a network of secret societies, um, many of which people will never have heard of. And then um, just out from that is secret societies we do know about, but I'm talking about the inner core, the real higher levels of these secret societies, not the average people in them. So the Freemasons, the Knights Templar, the Knights of Malta, Opus Dei, Jesuits, etc. Um, Club of Rome. Club of, well, I'm going to get on to that in a minute. Okay. Because in between those two sections, you've got a network of organizations of a secret society called the Round Table, which was set up by the Rothschilds and Cecil Rhodes in the first part of the 20th century. And you've got uh, the Bilderberg Group, which is one that a lot of people know about. That's even been in the mainstream um set up in 1954 in the Bilderberg Hotel in used to be Holland um and it comprises people from influential people from business media um, government corporations organizations government agencies to coordinate a common policy now so a lot of the people at Bilderberg group meetings will um be persuaded into thinking it's just Oh, let's do this policy you've had a good idea we're going to invite you to this meeting because we think you're clever or we think you're influential the core of that organization will know that this policy that's being discussed is actually the agenda um the council on foreign relations which is an organization set up in america in 1921 there's a british version called the royal institute of international affairs which was set up in 1920 in london um, which is basically the foreign policy um, secret society discussion of the agenda. But these organizations interface with the public as well. There's a trilateral commission set up by David Rockefeller in 1973, which coordinates policy between America, Western Europe and Japan. There's the Club of Rome, which was set up in 1968 to 
um, use the environment to justify transforming society in ways that I'm sure we'll get to. And then as you come out much further, you get into government, you get into local government like councils and government agencies. And that's the level at which people see decisions being made and discussed. And then as you come down from that, you meet um, basically the people who who know more about their favourite football team or TV show than mm. they do about the existence of this agenda. And so there's of, there's often a sort of a spider's web. There's often um, described as a triangle, isn't it? And then you know you've yeah. got this elite few at the top. Yes. You know we've um, often seen we've often seen the symbolism of the triangle, this sort of all-seeing eye at the top, but yeah. you could sort of level it down. And politicians and 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 governments and stuff are only about halfway down in the in the level of power, yeah, aren't yeah, they? You know, yeah. like you say, all those secret groups that you've just listed are all kind of above our yeah. governments. And once you realise that that our government really isn't in control, no. um, you know, or they they in give the illusion that they're yeah. in control. But the truth, there's a lot of people in the background that are, are, are heavily influencing a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, even with um, the president, I mean, when I had George Bush in power, um, he was clueless about what was going on. He was just a puppet. Dick Cheney was the real president in terms of power. When Reagan was president and he had his cognitive problems, Father Bush, who'd already been head of the CIA by that time, uh, was vice president, but in truth, president. So even the, as high as the president, they may not know the truth. No. Um, and the, what you mentioned about the um, the pyramid structure is important as well, because you've got the elite at the top who know the agenda because it's their agenda. And then as you come down the levels, you meet more and more and more people who know less and less and less. They only know their part in it. Compartmentalization. And thus people are making decisions and uh, doing th things in their jobs every day to contribute to this agenda without any idea that there even is an agenda. And, you know, wh wh when you talk about these things, people say, oh, what, you're saying everybody in this organisation, everybody in that organisation is in on it. No, it wouldn't work if, if they knew. Most people don't know. And when you bear in mind the fact that the media is owned and peopled by, in terms of ownership and decision-making by people who are, part of organizations like the Bilderberg Group and who are connected in other ways to this web, to this network, then you can see why people never hear about it. So so Dan, in you know, this is this is quite once you've been into this for a while, uh, you know, in truth is everything else, um, what you're going to talk about now, um, to the naive eye maybe the person that hasn't investigated it very much, um, it will need to be explained a bit better. Yeah. But um, this 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 elite that. group um, are often labelled as Zionists, and what I would like to do is throw that over to you because initially someone naive would go, oh, "You've mentioned Zionists. Is that something to do yeah. with the Jews?" I'd love you to try and clearly separate the two and explain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I just want to say a couple of points before we get to that, in terms of um, how this is done. There's two techniques um, that need to be understood how this agenda is implemented. One is called or has been given the name creative destruction, where you create a problem, you get the public reaction of do something. And through the media, they report the version unquestioned, uninvestigated, the official version of the problem. 
often from sources which are um, connected to making happen what's happened. And then the people react with fear, with outrage, and by saying, this can't go on, something must be done, what are they going to do about it? Creative destruction, because you destroy a situation or you create chaos, and then you offer the order out of the chaos. The it's known as it's known as problem reaction that's solution, isn't it? Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's often the sort of common name they use yeah. for that one. I mean, it's a psychological um, way of of, yeah. of social change, right? Yeah, and the solutions offered are this agenda. Mm. The other uh, technique, which runs alongside um, creative destruction, is uh, being called stepping stones technique, or the totalitarian tiptoe, whereby um, you know where you're going from the start. But if you go in too big a leap, it's going to be too big a change for people to, um, you know, transparent not, even to ignore it. Yeah, they can't ignore it. So they'll look up from the game show or X Factor or sport and say, "What's going on?" You know, hello. Yeah. Um, what's Sarah. going on? Uh, so you go from A to B, then maybe to E, then maybe to G as quick as you can get away with each it's time. a bit like, like that children's a reaction it's a bit like that children's game um what's the time mr wolf and what you've got to do is you've got to slowly creep up to the person yeah. and you get closer and closer to your yeah. goal every time they turn around you don't move and then they go a yeah. bit further and it's a, it, this yeah. is a little bit that's exactly it you know yeah. in a very simplistic way that's exactly what you're saying the totalitarian yeah. tiptoe yeah. is exactly that because what they're doing is they're creeping the agenda in slowly to a point like you say that it, yeah. it's not enough to be bothered with or it's not enough like you say to turn turn away from your netflix yeah. or anything else but little bit by little bit these little yeah. bits of ground have been gained and gathered yeah. to a point that one day someone wakes up and go how did this happen i didn't see yeah. it you know i didn't yeah. see that coming um yeah. you know it's I mean, a clever I, one I, I so the time to research it which is what i've done yeah um yeah. so zionism nothing to do with jewish people and i'm glad you said that in fact, it's the Zionists who have propagated that myth for their own protection, because as soon as anyone starts talking about what they're doing, they get labelled anti-Semitic. And we've seen um, this happen with the Labour Party, for example, in Britain. They were the only standing party um, in Britain willing to criticise Israel and what it does. And the Zionists got wind of that and they propagated this myth that they were anti-Semitic to get them to... Um, cave basically which they did not least because of the hapless jeremy corbyn um giving in to the anti-hate hate groups who actually get people to hate their targets while claiming to be anti-hate by so what? people anti-semitic okay. and a lot of people will either cave or they will um you know carry on well nobody nobody wants to be called anti-semitic right no. so of course you would back down yeah. so even if you could see a certain group being treated poor like treating others poorly you know that they're corrupt or something if you're pointing at them and then someone comes back at you saying you're racist or you're this then then you know it does form a bit of a barrier so how do you describe elite zionism because that's what it is in the book it's elite yeah, well, elite zionists you're talking about you're not yeah. saying jewish people at all you're saying no. elite zionists but unfortunately yeah. they are predominantly centralized in israel which is where we have the confusion right yeah 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 okay um there's regular zionism uh, right. which is jewish people or or people who believe that israel has a right to um expand they call it the greater israel project and uh 
basically the official definition of a Zionist is you believe that Israel has a right to a homeland in Palestine, even though there's no historical justification for that whatsoever. But um, at its core, there's elite Zionism, which I called it that to differentiate the two. Some people who were who I would call elite Zionists are Jewish. Some of them are not. In fact, Joe Biden, um, who is a Zionist, said um, you don't have to be Jewish to be a Zionist. Is he openly a Zionist? I mean, as in, you know, could we research this? Can we? Yeah. You know, um, if you were to, if you were to give us some people that consider call themselves Zionists, could we just kind of do some sort of cross referencing on that and just say, well, he's right. Look, they're they're not Jewish people. They're just well, people mean, in well, high, well, they're just people in high places, well, right? Take, well, take um, take the enormous funding um, from Israel of American politicians and American people in uh, people in Congress, and um, you know, American politics is dominated by funding from Israel. Okay. And, um, I wondered what um, Trump was doing in Israel because do you remember at the start of his term, he went over to Israel to sort of pacify a situation, and I never really got. They said then they moved the uh, embassy. embassy, and I was thinking, why did he go straight over to Israel? What, what you know, I can't keep up with this. What, what's yeah. Israel got to do with it? Then yeah. the more I looked into it, I thought there's something in this because he's pandering to his someone, someone higher up in his in Israel somewhere. Yeah. He's going there to sort of. Do something, you know, and that's sort of like maybe pick around at that area a bit to have a bit more research. Yeah. One of the um, uh, well, things that's important going on from um, what we talked talking about with the structure and how the agenda is uh, implemented. Zionism, just like the Bilderberg Group, at its core is a secret society. At its core, it goes... It, goes into government, media, entertainment, Hollywood, business, corporations, etc. And um, through that, play out the agenda of the elite in a coordinated way in every country. And the Rothschilds are ultimately behind elite Zionism. Rothschilds who claim to be Jewish, but are actually another belief entirely, which I talk about in the book, which is uh, a fake Jewish belief called Sabbatean Frankism and I tell the, his the history of that and um, fascinating story. Right well that's um, has anyone at this point got any questions before I move on because I can see we've got several people watching us now so please type in any questions you've got for Dan on this little subject and then what we'll do is we'll keep plowing on with other subjects and bringing more into this so first of all Dan is saying that there is um, a higher level of control um, within our world and the structure of a pyramid. All our governments are about halfway down. There's lots of secret societies. And Dan is saying through his research that lots of people, very influential people um, within within the government, or with all these in these places, are linked to a group, a secret society group that does have has nothing to do with religion, but they're labelled as elite Zionists. Okay, so that's where we are so far with this. Website for the book again, please. So it's www.paperview.uk, not .co.uk, UK. Just UK. Yeah. Just UK. Yeah. And you can buy the book at eight pound plus. 395 postage i think it is right so we've we've, we've covered the web of control um and the, the sort of the control of politics because um when we started following the money um in a lot of politics 
Israel is funding a lot of things. Now, I, I know that myself because um, another lead I can take you to for anybody listening, um, this, if you don't mind me just saying, is that I watched um, a Panorama programme about the Labour Party. And um, it surprised me no end. Um, the, the, the problem they had with all these little side groups in the Labour Party that were all funded. Right friends of israel and different ones of israel and everything yeah. else and the israel israeli government all these higher up people were funding lots of side groups and they were taking in and lobbying lots of university students and are. what do you what do you call it when you sort of get them in from university and sort of bring them in you know and uh, they were getting they were giving these university students loads of money um to sort of basically follow an agenda and infiltrate the Labour Party. And I heard about the Labour Party having anti-Semitic problems. And instantly I just instantly thought, well, that's no good. That's horrible. Why would you be horrible yeah. to Jewish people? And then when I looked into it, that's not the case at all. Well, yeah. saying that's not the case. Certain people may be, but on yes. the scale they're talking about, no. But then they had all these hidden cameras and all these university campuses and all these secret societies. And then you suddenly thought, hang on a minute, there's more to this story. So yeah. I would highly recommend by Dan's book, for starters, but secondly, get a bit more in, information on that, you know, and look at it. Find find the facts yourself as well, because well, it's a done, really I've, interesting one. I've done an episode of pay-per-view, um, episode 63, I think it is, um, where I look in detail at the American, um, at the Israel control of American politics, and it's stunning. And I'm putting together yeah. an episode now about Israel control of British politics, in which I mentioned. Yeah. That and they're infiltrating our pol political system, aren't they? Yeah, they have uh, been for a while. Yeah, um, I, I, and none of us realise. And and it's all there. I mean, Dan's book is a fantastic book for the leads you might need to do your own research. But like I say, Dan has, you know, I can't sell Dan enough. From that time he started in school and watching that video until now, he runs circles around me. If you think I know the know things, Dan's past me on this and he, you know you've already heard him call out all the secret societies and dates and he's got his brain is like a sponge with all this information so dan we're going to move on to the next subject now is everybody happy are you all enjoying this so far leave us comments um ask us questions all right we're going to move on now to technology because technology is advancing considerably oh, yeah. and i've got i've got lots of topics here but i'm going to start off with silicon valley and what i'd like you to do is try and explain a bit about silicon valley and then we'll move on to social media ai alexa microchips nanotechnology chemtrails and so on so i'm hoping that'll keep you all interested but first of all for those that don't know much about silicon valley give them a bit of an in indication what we mean by that what's there and let's okay. go from that well i've and deliberately added the technology chapter basically each chapter in the book is a subject so the technology chapter is after zionism because silicon valley is dominated by israel influenced by israel um and israel actually takes um people from universities um and um for silicon valley and um silicon valley is dominated by therefore elite zionists and um it's google facebook YouTube owned by Google, Microsoft, Apple, and other um, companies, Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. Um, and they, to start with, um, were just social media, free flow of information. You can say what you like, and you know you can talk to your friends and all the other appealing things about social media, because they had to get people hooked on it. 
when they did, and my goodness me, they've long passed the point of monopoly now, then um, they reveal their true colours um, and start censoring. I mean, see, you've had stuff censored as well. I have. <laughs> Um, I'm on final warning on Facebook yeah. because um, for every time I try and um, air an opposing view to the narrative, I get flashing lights yeah. and warnings and telling me that it's been deleted, uh, which yeah. I find quite fascinating because as a grown up and an adult, I should be able to be able to read both sides of an argument and come up with yeah. my own conclusion without having to be told by somebody far away, you're not allowed to read that. Why yeah. not? Why am I not allowed to read that? And, um, well, one of the reasons is, as I detail in the book in great detail, um, only some, and when I say only some, and you see how many there are, you can see the extent of the connections um, between Silicon Valley and military intelligence mm. and in America. And um, there's a cross-reference in between American and Israel in military intelligence, just as there is in corporations, Silicon Valley, etc. So... They sent the point is to move to a point where all people will ever see and hear, and they're increasingly going in that direction now, and have been for a while. All people will ever see and hear on the mainstream internet, if you like, um, is what the elite and the agenda wants them to see and hear. And so if you're challenging the official narrative, especially if you're doing it with a high view count, which is interesting, they're especially interesting in people who get information out to a lot of other people, mm. um, then there's every chat will be censored. Why? Mm. If, 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 well, we know that if, ourselves. If, if the official version is so credible, what does it matter if other people have an opposing view? No. But with, there's a lot of people we follow down, isn't there? I mean, you know, and, uh, and I'm very aware a lot of the people that I follow have all been taken off all been taken off youtube and um yeah. facebook and everything else and i think to myself well actually what they were saying had a bit of credibility to be fair and yeah. then i listened to the narrative and i listened to the science thing they got a point why are you taking that down we, yeah. you know and the more they take it down the more i think hmm, what what why have the why has that been silenced and it, it takes me back to world war ii when they did the book burning and i think well, oh my goodness well this isn't a healthy place to be if we yeah. can't use an opposing view you know yeah and um, the social media giants are not just social media giants. Um, and the search engine is not just a search engine because Google, for example, in terms of technology, has been involved centrally in the um, development of robotics and especially law enforcement robotics. I mean, they had a, a contract at one point with Boston Dynamics, which is a, um, a company which makes um, like robot dogs for law enforcement. Yeah. And... Um, because that's what military intelligence wants. And so that's what they do, because they're basically one and the same. Um, and so many goals of the agenda are fulfilled by Silicon Valley corporations. And so, so we're going to, you're going on to about the robotics and yeah. AI, but why yeah. don't you tell me, why don't you tell me, before we go into all those little points that we've got to talk about to put on, yeah. tell me where, bearing in mind that you feel you have access to the agenda as i now feel i have access to the agenda so so yeah. once you start your research you get to research and and people tell you this is this is how it's going to be this is the way it's going to go and the more you research this yeah. over years and the more it comes true yeah, yeah. the more it gives credibility to the, to the to this agenda because when i first started with this investigator i thought that's so far-fetched that never can that happen. That's ridiculous. And I remember, Dan, when I started talking to you to begin with, I was so defensive towards you, just saying, yeah. 
you know, I mean, this is my children's future you're telling me about, you yeah, know, this yeah. can't possibly be true. Yeah. And, um, you know, and you had access to, 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 to the predictions of the agenda long before I did. And, um, but even where I went in on my entry level and across in the years that I've known, I can see the agenda that I'm aware of playing out mm. under my nose yeah. on a daily basis. But yeah. point now I am thinking, whoa, people need to wake up to this. This is really yeah. happening. Yeah. And I can see it. So, so tell, tell people listening now where the agenda, and you have to hold on tight to this one because you know, it, it, as I said to Dan, when he first told me, I thought it was pretty far fetched. And yet I've already lived five years of this and I can see the direction it's going. So Dan, mm. the, the direction the agenda's going, predominantly now at the moment will be technology. Obviously, Let's go with yeah. technology. Well, I just, just before that, I just want to pick up a point you just said there. Um, the first 90% of the book was ready to be published in about May and then current events happened and I added a whole chapter about that at the end of the book. And so that took me to now because I needed time to research it and compile it. Um, but the first, so much in the first 90% of the book, I've watched unfold in the last several months and before the book's even published. And you're absolutely right. And this is the point I made at the beginning. So people think society is so difficult to understand. And when you think everything's random and unplanned, of course it's difficult to understand. How can you possibly predict what's gonna happen if everything's spontaneous? Once you know there's an agenda, and unless anything intervenes to stop it, which is the whole point of what I do, then um, that agenda is going to play out. And um, and it is technology in terms of um, the technology is the end game of the agenda. It's what it's all been leading to. And that is in terms of AI and the social media giants are fundamentally involved in this, as they openly talk about um, basically connecting the human mind to artificial intelligence so artificial intelligence replaces the human mind and basically the end of human as we know it today and people like elon musk are promoting this ray kurzweil google executive is promoting this and they're promoting it as a the next stage of human evolution when it's actually now, human evolution. there this is where i thought this was ludicrous when you told me this, I thought, Dan, you've, yeah. you've, you know, Dan, you've gone one step too far. Yeah. In fact, if you don't mind me chipping in, yeah. when we first met and you started telling me about this, you asked me to go up to one of these events once with you. Yeah. <laughs> and I only went to the event. I only went to the event because I thought your brain was flipping, you know, brainwashed. Yeah. And I was going to save you from this. And I went to this event and I sat and listened to this conversation all the way through. And I came out going, Oh God, yeah. <laughs> that looks like it could really happen now. Yeah. And, and I've been on the bandwagon ever since, listening and trying to understand. But I, I like to say I've got a really rational mind. And so I have to vigorously um, check every sort of claim here. Now, which I do as well. Yeah, yeah. which, which well of course you yeah. do. But, you know, everyone yeah. needs to do that themselves. And I would, uh, I would yeah. highly um, encourage that. But I was listening to some videos on Elon Musk and he was talking about the implants, implants in the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh! Yeah. Start Elon looking Musk on Google is. at these these implants, yeah. and this is really happening, guys. And he said that what would happen is is like you could have a bionic brain, um, and you can yeah. literally connect yourself to the cloud, and sort of like right. you could yeah. literally from there, you know how you access Google and you do everything. It can, yeah. you can just think it, and it happens. And he yeah. and then when he was asked. How long do you think that would happen before that happened, you know, on a regular basis that they this would be successful? 
within a five to ten year time scale is what you said and 2030 what what which is a year that keeps coming 2030 up yeah, yeah. yeah now that will link us into agenda 21 which which i don't want to scare you about which you need to look into and agenda 30 we'll get, that later on. We'll get onto yeah. that later on but yeah, yeah agenda 21 and agenda 30 are quite often very paramount in in dates yeah. But yeah, so so I did do my research and I've gone really into depth with Elon Musk and what his, um, not necessarily him, but what his little section organization is doing yeah. is quite possibly, well, no. I thought unbelievable. But then, you know, I, did, I, I put it into context once. And when I was a child, if I said to my mother, mum, by the time I'm 50, you're going to be able to hold a phone like this and be able to talk your, to your relative in Australia face to face, she would have thought I was nuts. She would have thought yeah. I was nuts because all she had was one of those little dial telephones like that. And it was connected. Yeah. I bet you can't remember them, Dan. You know, you sort of turn it around a little dial and it was stuck to the wall. Hello. And it would all crackle, you know. And now if I said to her, mum, you'd have a handheld device. It has no cable, no power. It's just there. And you yeah. can see someone. She'd never believe me. So now I'm saying that in the future and not so near future bionic brains connected to the cloud no mind control you know you're going to be done for really <laughs> yeah sorry well, guys <laughs> yeah well i mean if, if you look at yeah if you look at human evolution up to this point um we've had a, a sequence of the perceptions of the people being manipulated so it started with religion and that was the predominant um manipulation for a long time and then um uh it moved into um media education government other forms of perception manipulation and then when you come forward to today yeah. um, the ai agenda um the difference is instead of manipulating perception they'll be delivering perception directly um through the ai connection to the human brain and it's um it's Yes, there's microchips, and that is the plan. People are being microchipped now, voluntarily. But there's, but there's other things, though, isn't there, Dan? But there is another level to this, which is what I'm getting right. to. Right. Look, before you do that, before you do that, Louise has said, so AI is the end game. Yes, that's what it's all been leading to. All right. And so then she said that answered that. It's been leading to that for a very, very long time, not just when people find out about the technology, long before the technology was officially available, because the technology we see is light years behind the technology that actually exists. But you can't introduce technology um, like nanotechnology 100 years ago, because... Is that all right? I don't know. Are um, we still yeah. here? You're still yeah. here? Can yeah. everybody else, just everyone just type a yes if you're still there with us, because our screens went a bit squiffy for a second. <laughs> just a higher a yes, we know you're there. Um, nanotechnology. Yeah. I know what it is, because I've yeah. researched it. People listening may not. So we're, let's let's stop for a second and discuss that one. Nanotechnology is basically um, microchips, but on the nanoscale. So basically beyond the ability of people to see it with the naked eye and um nanotechnology is used all over the place it's used in manufacturing it's used in food packaging crazily it's used in um all kinds of things technology but it's also used in something called chemtrails now in the book i've actually um i published a picture of um a document a, a patent on a google patents page of um uh, machinery and talking about how it all works and the, the diffusion of the nanotechnology, the, the 
of the nanotechnology in the chemtrails, or rather the chemtrails, I should say. And I talk about a page, a link to a list of patents to do with geoengineering, which is basically engineering the weather and the atmosphere and chemtrails. And so, but I mean, all anyone's got to do to see chemtrails is look up at the sky. <laughs> I'll see it. So, because yeah, the difference between condensation trails at the back of airplanes, which we all know, they leave a trail, it disappears, and then some more, and then it disappears. The difference between that and chemtrails, as Sue well knows, is that chemtrails stick around in the sky and expand. And before you know, I, you've, got this, you've got this massive white sheen across the sky. Contrary to I, I, that. I, um, I run the Bristol Chemtrail website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, well, the Facebook page thing, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, Dan, Dan is right. For many years, I've had this thing about looking at the sky and questioning the 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 the, the grid of lines. Yeah. And then I was getting an app out and tracing the aeroplanes above my head, and it was obvious that's the BA one going from London to wherever, and that's a bit. And then, well, I'm on about what about that one there that's making all these these like um noughts and crosses across the sky yeah. um, at certain times, certain places, and as you say, they there's a huge difference because a contrail. Um, I mean, I used to fly. I don't know if you know. I used to. I used to. Yeah. I used to fly microlights, and so I, I know a bit about aviation and stuff. But the, a contrail is, is condensation, and then it will it yeah. will disperse. It will disperse. Yeah. Um, and a, a, a chemtrail looks very different because what it does is it basically spreads right out, and it and it even turns sort of stops the light for a while. And everything becomes hazy in the sky. And you, yeah. for years and years and years, I used to think oh, I'm losing my mind here because I'm seeing these things, and yeah. now. They've admitted that they've been doing it with geoengineering and the governments have been admitting that they've been doing it, uh, although they've gone down the sides of sort of weather, weather control and things like that, you know, and, and blocking the sunlight and everything else. But for years, I was insistent that there's something wrong here and we can't get the bottom of it. Yeah. And um, and now I know because I've seen the reports of you go into geoengineering and you've got plenty yeah. of evidence now it's happening and yeah. there's plenty of evidence you can see on those um, radars sometimes of the line going backwards and forwards and a plane just doing that like he's plowing a field over a certain area yeah. i've been going on about this for years and years and years and oh so the amount of ribbon i used to get yeah. for initially but you know there yeah. you go the evidence is in now yeah. the evidence is in and if they're the pouring this toxin i go on sorry sorry on. dan I was, I was going to say, if they're pouring this toxin in, which is what light metals and little nano nanoparticles, that's going into yeah. our water, it's going into our food. You know, uh, this is this is not not great, is it? So the nanoparticles are going in through us, and then what happens when we've got all these little nanoparticles? Well, first of all, what do you, what do you think is in these nanoparticles, and then what's it going to do to us in the grand plan well, scheme of in things? Terms, in terms of technology, oh, I, I get to that actually. Before I say that, I wanted to say these chemtrails contain chemicals that's the name chemical shells metals like aluminium and barium and strontium and um, I've read um, like mainstream studies basically saying that they think or I read about them that they 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 think that um, aluminium and metals like that could be a cause of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's um, a sudden yeah. increase, goes a sudden to the brain in it. stops in the brain come from where have those metal where have people suddenly got contact with those metals from 
In terms of technology, nanotechnology, people like Kurzweil, Google executive, are saying that um, who's been extremely accurate in what he said about predictions about technology because he knows as his Google executive. Um, he says that these nano robots, these nanobots, also called smart dust, by the way. Remember that when we get to the smart grid. Um, will basically connect the human brain to artificial intelligence through the smart grid, which will be controlled by artificial intelligence. So it's a wireless connection um, through the nano, because nanotechnology can communicate, or smart dust can, same thing, with other smart dust, with other smart technology. So anything smart can communicate with anything else smart, and that's where the connection comes. Right, so let's let's cover microchips now. And um, before you start on this, Dan, I'm very aware that again, this is one of these nonsense things I heard ages ago, and I thought, chip in someone. I go, chip in someone. What are you on about? Putting your arm. And then um, over the last couple of years, I've noticed that many people in Sweden have been chipped. I've noticed that yeah. in many other countries, they're having chip chipping parties, which can all yeah. be googled. And basically what it's doing is it's like, you know, like you like on your bank card, you know, you can beep and beep, 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 and you can pay for everything. Yeah. At the moment, they're like being chipped. And it's like a lot of these um, uh, internet companies, all these high tech companies, they think it's cool to have these chips in. And then if they want to pay for their coffee or they want to pay for their vending machine or they want to go through a door or their photocopy and they just go beep, beep, yeah. beep. But yeah. it's it's a precursor to what, what you, you're going to tell us is yeah. is part of the agenda. So go for that one now, please, then, yeah. Dan. Well, the thing about um, a microchip, of course, as with nanotechnology, but microchip is at least you're aware that you have a microchip put in you, um, whereas with nanotechnology, you can't see it. Um, you can be um, externally manipulated um, because microchips operate on a frequency, a technological frequency, just like radio stations do. And if you can access that frequency remotely, you can target someone on that frequency and you can manipulate what they do, how they think, what they perceive. So it's not just about surveillance, people knowing where you are, it's actually um, manipulation. And um, of course, you know, a microchip, once you get a microchip in someone, well, you basically control them. Uh, but is, it's, um, it's not just about uh, that type of control as well is the fact that we are going cashless down and you know over yeah. a period over a period of years now it was slowly going more and more cashless initially it was uh the card in the machine and now it's just beep on the machine and then yeah. they got their phones and they're going beep yeah. but then they're going on their watches beep it's not long before it'll be there beep because yeah. then when you go out with your card, you think how many people are going to queue up for this chip in their arm because it'd be like the latest iPhone. You know, oh, we'll all be queuing. Let's get our chip. We can do this. Mm. How much fun is it? Look. And then what they'll do is they'll put your medical records on there and they'll put your money on there. Now, what happens if you suddenly wake up one day and realize you're fully controlled and you need to do something about that and you want to protest or you want to kick off and say, I'm not happy with the way I'm controlled anymore. I don't like this anymore. Yeah. Right. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Yeah. Just yeah, turn you off. Change. Yeah. Just turn you off. Just like a like a little battery toy. Well, just they, 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 won't, they won't even have to do that. They can just they can just manipulate your thoughts so you don't want to do anymore. You don't want to protest. <laughs> oh, yeah, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, but that's a bit further down the line, Dan. Initially, it'll be control of the money and your medical yeah. records and everything else. A bit further down the line yeah. because 
you know that there, there is stages to this remember you know so i mean it's yeah. the money and the cash and i and i and people keep thinking you know she's a funny old daddy because every time i go in a shop i won't use um a self-service checkout because i'm trying to yeah. save jobs and i won't and i won't use my card when i can i'll, I'll keep pulling cash and putting my cash into circulation yeah. and people keep saying why are you using cash it's got virus all over it and everything else and I said, trust me that virus ain't nothing compared to what i think is yeah. coming get the cash splash the cash keep it in circulation if you don't yeah. understand why you know um you don't have to believe what's in dance but you'd have to believe what i'm saying know. but you know we're not telling you we're just saying that no. that when you were giving opening you a door for you to look through you look through the door and find out yourself find out yourself it's all there it's all there yeah and it's all in dan's yeah. book as well so buy Dan, buy mm -hmm. dan's book eight pound three ninety five <laughs> in fact already i know louise has already bought it up you louise she has bought it already, yeah. so there you go. I've got one purchase, okay, already. Right, so we've got microchips. Um, so, yeah, I just want to make a point about the cashless society. Um, yeah, it sounds convenient. I mean, you know, um, you went through a sequence there of um, credit card, then on the phone, then the microchip to pay. Totalitarian tiptoe. Yes, that's what that is. Yes, and. Um, yes. Of course, it sounds it sounds convenient, and that's one of the ways they sell this agenda is convenience. But what if you, as you said just now, what if you want to protest? What if you don't want to follow a government order? A what government if you just want to be free? What if you just yeah. want to be free and just say, um, actually, I don't want to do it this way, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, you go to the store, sorry, the machine won't accept your card or your phone, however you're paying. And, well, you're screwed because there is only credit. Well, I've learned that out this week because those of you who know me, um, I got told by PayPal this week that I had to provide all my ID um, out of the blue, something to do with EU regulations now. I've been using eBay for 18 years, I think it was. And they said, you need to provide all your ID again, which I reluctantly did because I don't like giving my ID out for any other reason. And apparently 18 years ago, I put my name down as, as, as my nickname when I signed in. And they obviously never asked me for ID then because otherwise it would never have been accepted. Yeah. But I couldn't provide them with my nickname on any of my documentations because it was all in my full name. Yeah. yeah. Just a shortened version is what I mean I used. And straight away they turned my money off. They turned it off. And yeah. it made me realize realize quite quickly how powerful these people were. And there was no uh, you know, you're a valuable customer. Let's see what we can do. They were saying, you know, you're on the wrong side of the law, we can do it, we'll hold your money. And we're not giving it back for 180 days. That's exactly yeah. what I've been told this week. Now, it wasn't a lot, so don't panic too much for me because I quite happily to battle them. Not an issue. It's not, you know, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. But my point is that was a little totarian tiptoe in my experience of the fact yeah. that a bank can come along over something in my mind that has been, I have been trading in that shortened name for 18 years. And then they've got to be in their bonnet about it and it's turned off. And 180 days, they have the authority to keep that money, allegedly. So bear that in mind that when everything goes cashless and everything's on a card or your phone or this or everything else, the banks then have the tip of power. They have the tip of power over you because they control you then. Once yeah. they've got that money yeah, yeah. and they've got that on-off button, they've yeah. got you. They've got you. They've got control of you, yeah. you know? And... Um... We've seen the cash. People don't see that. They just see convenience. That's yeah. all they see because because 
The brain's quite lazy. No, well, first of all, they don't. Yeah, the book. They don't know the agenda, but they also, if you, I've learned this through psychology as well as the fact that when you present someone with things like this, they don't want to hear it. They really would prefer their brain to take in the Netflix movie or the football match or something like that. And it's so much easier to go, oh, you know, you're talking nonsense. You're talking nonsense. It's fine. It's fine. But these things are tiptoeing past you, like what's the time, Mr. Wolf? And they're going past you and they're going past you. And you're still watching Strictly Come Dancing and they're tripping a bit further and going a bit further. And you've let it go past and you've let them. And they're virtually now at this point of going, whoa, in the game. They're virtually there. They've nearly nearly crept up on you. And people are still looking at the Strictly and they're still looking at Netflix. And you just think, it's a fantastic plan. Fantastic. It's, it's gone to plan. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm on the wrong side here because I don't want it to work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Whoever created this plan, high five to them because they're, you know, yeah. they're smart cookies, you know. But, um, but yeah, once you've lost cash, you have no power. You have no, no power. None at all. No. So let's look on we've got on this list as well now. Are we all right with that? Would anyone like to ask any questions? This is new message, new message below. What's happened here? I can't really see the messages now. What have I got to do here? Can you see anything more? I've got I have one now as my last thing. Anybody see anything different to that? I can see I can see the messages. Okay, I've got I have one now. Was that the last one? Done? No. Yeah, that's what I yeah, for me, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Right. If anyone's got any questions, please ask. Um, and then I'm gonna go on to smart meters, 5G and EMF and ELF radiation. Go on now. This is this is a topical one because Often yeah. people think when it comes to 5G, oh, you're mad, you're mad, you are worried about that because they think yeah. 3G and 4G and 5G is just a bit stronger, just a bit faster. But describe yeah. to everybody the difference between 3 and 4G and totally different technology, 5G. Yeah, well, um, the difference between 5G is it operates on something called millimeter waves, which are seriously more powerful than wi-fi and i talk in the book about studies and experts and scientists who have made statements um and studied the effects of wi-fi or mobile phone radiation or um other such radiation and that's bad enough and i do recommend a documentary um on um i saw called unnatural i think it's on amazon um on this and uh 5G is millimeter waves, which means that it doesn't travel as far. So what they need to make it work is um, transmitters down the street, right the way outside people's bedrooms and outside people's houses. Um, so the, the access point is much closer in that sense. And 5G um, is untested. They've not tested it. They've not done proper trials and long-term trials for um, 5G. I, I, I saw a newspaper article with an image, and underneath it was 5G ta- um, box being tested or something like that. But in terms of wide trials, it's not been tested. It's just been rolled out. Same with smart meters, by the way, which operate on the same radiation um, type as Wi-Fi and mobile Is it is it true that um, Army crowd control... Yeah, I was going to get to that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, In in America, the US uh, law enforcement, um, in conjunction with the Department of Defense, which is the Pentagon, um, they use crowd control weapons um, and basically makes you feel like your skin is on fire. 
so to disperse the crowd basically they run because they want to get out of that area now elon musk fundamentally plays into this because he's been instrumental in setting up satellites um which are um aiming wi-fi and 5g at the earth or will be eventually he wants he wants thousands of them up there Twenty thousand was the last figure i heard and so there won't be anywhere to run away too like they do with crowds in america when they disperse them they run away they get out of the range of the the uh, the beam the wave but there won't be anywhere to the away. irony the irony of it is and this is where it's so frustrating when you feel you've done your research and you've really done your research a lot and you, you know and it and it gets to a point where there is no way it can please believe me i've always wanted to be down the side of disbelieving all of this yeah. and trying to dispel the you know the the information that i'm getting but what the irony of it is is in this lockdown we've had lots of people were camping out in the gardens going oh let's watch the satellites go up and they were saying yeah. oh we saw a train of satellites and you're just thinking yeah. you're watching your own demise you don't yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or at least you know part of it because this technology is going in place it's setting up for you you've got the satellites going overhead you've got the 5g coming in you've got the chipping you've yeah. got the chemtrails you know you've now got this virus and you've now got vaccines on the way and yeah. people are going oh i wonder who's strictly this thing yeah, yeah yeah and the thing is as well you know um one, one of the things i do and i do it throughout the book is connect dots because you can look at a picture of just a series of dots like in those kids magazines join the dots and you just see a load of dots but once you connect them you can see the picture and um all those and they all connect they all, all those connect you mentioned just then all connect they're all part of the same agenda including the technology agenda and um so in every um, part of your life will be surveyed from smart meters smart televisions you know yeah. everything that's got the word smart in front of it yeah is, is pretty dodgy to be fair yeah yeah in in terms of 5g though i talk in the book about um a um a researcher in gateshead um they had uh, transmitters 5g transmitters installed in gateshead and shortly after there were people with nosebleeds with stillbirths and other um effects and you but know, they've not tested it i mean no. even if you were the most rational of minded and said well that can't be right that can't be right you know if they haven't tested it how can you prove that those things weren't 5g you know yeah. i mean there are people that go by with these like um i think what it's like what's the word i've lost my words where they go past all the the uh 5g you know technology oh, and then the dials go up i can't i've lost my words on this yeah. one you know but that you know you can see that there's clear radiation issues there you know and problems yeah. with it so um where are we at with this then so we've got like things like alexa as well we talk to now we've all got alexa in the home yeah. we talk to them and that's almost like making you know they are human to us you know we talk yeah. to them and we ask them things and they talk back and if you've looked at technology you know they've literally built mock humans that look so fantastically close yeah. to a human being and sure of the fact they don't put a wig on its head so you can see all the sort of um yeah. the workings below they've got to a stage now where you can actually have a conversation with this yeah. you know human yeah. that looks quite okay yeah. you know um and they can answer back and have a conversation with you i mean technology has gone that far yeah and um in terms of Alexa and these office assistants, you can't go in one big leap again to totalitarian tiptoe from natural humans to AI humans. It's too much of a jump. 
So first of all, you have to get people to converse with AI as if it's human, which is what they're doing now. You've got Alexa, you've got children's toys with uh, an AI aspect. You've got other forms of AI. And it's, it's merging people. It's getting people familiar with AI. And I want to bring in another thing here, which is important on this subject, especially technology. In terms of preparing people, there's something called predictive programming or preemptive programming, whereby you place in movies and television and mm. in novels and in other forms of entertainment, the agenda. And there's no doubt that writers and producers of, of, of film and TV know what the agenda is because the amount of times it's present in entertainment is not chance. And um, like desensitizing what, you yeah, to what's exactly. coming, isn't it? It gets the subconscious familiar with it. And eventually it filters through to the conscious mind and it seems like, oh, well, that's a good idea. And because people have downloaded so much imagery, when it happens for real, there's less resistance or they think it's really cool, so they go for it. Well, it's like, I mean, it, they, they, they tried to stop that with advertising at cinemas, didn't they? Because what they do is they, like, put a kind of code just very fast into into a bit of film, yeah. you know, because it would, it would catch the subconscious mind enough that you think, oh, well, I fancy yeah. a coat now, or I fancy whatever they was that flashed, yeah. you know. And their cells would go up with this subliminal messaging. Yeah. And like you say, it's the same with films, um, you know. And the other thing we'll mention a bit later on, because I'm sure we'll get into it a bit later on, is uh, with films as well as symbolism. You know, there's a lot of symbolism in that, yeah. Yeah, but that's kind of coming off of the, the technology theme right at the moment because we'll go more into sort of the Satanism type things, you know, yeah, and things yeah, like that a bit later yeah. on. But there is symbolism in, in lots of television shows that people don't necessarily see full on. But once you yeah. kind of, you, you're looking for it, you think, oh, that's yeah. a bit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, have we covered all of these, Dan? Is there anything else you wanted to say? Or does anyone listening want to ask a question? Can someone just type a message? Because it looks like the messages might have frozen. I'm not sure. Um, I've got like a bit of a, a grey spot on the right-hand side. Let me just have a look and see if that clears no, it. it. seems to be working. Okay. So um, if Louise is just alone, just type something if you want. If you've got any questions, lovely, on technology, because we're going to move on to health next. Uh, we've covered Silicon Valley, controlled predominantly by elite Zionist. Um, social media, we've spoken about robotics, AI. Alexa, microchips, nanotechnology, chemtrails, smart meters, 5G and EMF and ELF things. Um, I am just checking to see if anyone's going to type in because I just don't know if it's frozen or not. I'm going to I'm going to type a comment on post a minute. OK, because okay. I've, I've not got the ability to do it on this one, but you can try it and see. And then we're going to move on there to. Health. Yeah, there it is. There it is. There. Paper okay, so it's still there. Right. Okay. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to health. Mobile phones. Let's start with mobile phones, Dan. Go for that one. Mobile phones. Well, I mean, if you've got um, radiation from mobile phones, EMF, ELF radiation, the same mobile phone radiation, Wi-Fi radiation, um, any any kind of wireless communication is, is that radiation. So. Um, and they often say, excuse me for being a little bit personal, but women shouldn't put their phones down down here because yeah, that yeah. radiation quite often is what leads to tumours in the breast tumour. And, exactly. um, and often you put it on here and you get the, 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 the brain tumours because, you, you know, yeah. I mean, I say to my kids sometimes if they got their phone at bedtime, we say, you're not sleeping with that phone, take it away. And I take it away from them so you don't sleep with it under your pillow or anything because yeah. there is that radiation, right? I've got um, I've got um, accounts in the book of people who um, have suffered health problems from um, like tumours um, and different doctors, different experts have said 
this causes tumors, this can cause tumors. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, if you are going to use a mobile phone, hold it about there. You know, hold it yeah. far enough away that you can talk, but not yeah. right next so to sure. it. Or, yeah. or minimal contact to the ear, for sure. I mean, people do get, I I had it back when I used to use a mobile phone. Um, like you don't use them anymore, do you? No, it's very, like very used. A little, um, and you when you don't use it, you find out how little you need it. Oh, I don't, I'm not there yet. Storage <laughs> on the ears, and I know people get that, and I got that as well. And that that's a health effect of, of using. I mean, that's nothing yeah. to what it can do, but no. it happens. I'm, I'm, I'm conscious. I've any since I've stopped. Yeah, you see, Dan Dan manages that phone, and I find I find of all the things, you know that um I, I know i have an addiction to it and so you know it's, it's working on me isn't it you know the addiction of technology yeah i mean yeah. i would put it down but i must admit i use it as a source for so many different things but that's another subject now moving on to health wise and of course we're going to go into covid19 later on because this is a yeah. this is a real good relax. one to hang around and listen to because dan's theory is fantastic in my opinion and we really need to discuss it. But let's just go through statins, cholesterol, and pharma drugs, uh, and then on to vaccines, Dan. So do you want to start on that? And then I'll just chip in my little stories now and then. Okay. So statins. I've, I've, talk, I've got an article, uh, uh, talk about an article in the book about a study that says people who take statins regularly are 100 times more likely, 100 times, to develop motor neurone disease, which is a disease which affects the brain, basically, and the ability of the... the cognition and motor functions of the body and there was a study by an nhs trust the people who take statins every day for five years it only extends life by four days so there's the trade-off you get a few more days of life with the risk of getting uh, an incurable uh, illness wow um, and um, and you've got a bit more detail of that in the book have you so that people can yeah, do yeah, more yeah. research on that if, if it if it's something that interests in that area, they can buy the book and look into this a bit more and get some more detail to do their yeah. own research, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about cholesterol as well because that's that's the reason they suggest people take statins is to lower cholesterol. And yeah. I, I've talked about studies in the book um, which say um, actually it's the other way around. It's low cholesterol that's the problem because we need – cholesterol helps us absorb vitamin D from the sun – which regulates calcium, and we need that for bones, teeth, muscles, and blood circulation. When you don't have enough vitamin D, you've got a problem, basically. And vitamin D? Did you say D? D, yeah. Because that's the, because that's that's in the news a lot at the moment. Because they're saying vitamin D three emulsified is fantastic yeah. for your immune system. Yeah, and um, I, I've got um, like I say, studies in the book that talk about um, health problems that people have suffered from having low cholesterol um that they wouldn't have had you know if, if they yeah yeah that kind of food and that um, you've got more about that in the book yeah 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 so um we're going to go into pharma drugs but i think we should hold on to that one for um covid19 because big pharma plays in 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 your book and in, in in the opinion that we seem to share now the big pharma and covid19 are very yeah. very strongly linked I just, right? mention, I just i just want to mention something else another point about cholesterol um, in the book, I've got um, a uh, statement from a, uh, well, a statement. I talk about what a nutrition researcher with a bachelor's degree um, on this subject says. And he basically points out that um, high cholesterol is not bad for the body. And most of the cholesterol is produced by the body. 
and cholesterol eaten is a minor source compared to cholesterol produced by the body naturally. Mm. And um, so I've got another phrase which I came up with called inversion invasion. And what mm -hmm. that is, is you'll see when you read the book, the amount of things in society that are inverted from the way they should be. And there's more all the time. And it, it is an invasion, inversion invasion, I call it. And I use that yeah. phrase. I know what you mean by that. Yeah. So cholesterol, you know, uh, this, what I would say is a myth. And like I say, I've got detail in the book. Okay. Um, well, we'll look forward to reading that bit. Okay. So um, we'll move on to vaccines. Vaccines is a general rule. Uh, when we were younger, we all took mm -hmm. vaccines, right? Yeah. Most of us did. But there's more, there's more of a growing um, concern about vaccines now. Is there, is there a right yeah. to have more concern? Yeah, I would say, yeah. Um, vaccines. I mean, you know, when you look at vaccines that kids get, um, when the immune system is still forming, you're injecting it with all kinds of chemicals and you are um, putting all kinds of toxic chemicals in the body. And um, like I say, I've got, you know, for everything I talk about, there's there's enormous information in the book, but uh, the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program in America has um, paid out 4.2 billion dollars and i've got a page here if i can find it um 4.2 billion dollars for a treatment that's supposed to be perfectly safe and are you finding in the book shall i shall i add a bit in when yeah, you find yeah, yeah. that yeah. that client so um i would i wouldn't mind recommending um watching two films at this point um a vaxxed and a vaxxed that's one and vax two with adele big tree um and they will give you equal uh stories about the um, compensation that goes out on vaccines and vaccine injuries and how it's silenced. I think Dan's got the bit in the book now he's going to read yeah, you, yeah. right? I've got, um, well, one of the things that vaccines have been cited as causing is autoimmunity, which is the immune system attacking itself. And basically, if you're injecting toxic chemicals into the immune system and it's attaching to the body, that is going to cause an immune response. And so the body ends up attacking parts of the body which it shouldn't be attacking and also um and like i say i've got um like i say upon attaching to the body's dna the immune system perceives it as a threat and starts attacking its own cells a study on the national center for biotechnology information website said adverse effects including autoimmune conditions may occur following vaccinations it has been postulated that autoimmunity could be triggered or enhanced by the vaccine immunogen contents as well as biogens, which are used to increase the immune reaction. That's the official line, but the body is mm. reacting to something that shouldn't be there. And the whole, this whole thing about antibodies as well, which we're hearing a lot about lately, they say, oh, you've got antibodies because you've got an immune response. When what's happening is because you're injecting toxic chemicals into the body, you've got an immune response to the toxic chemicals, not to the virus or whatever illness it no. is. Now, you're going to have people at this point, and there will be people listening to this video that are going to be very um, skeptical on this yeah. uh, because, you know, nobody, I'm a mother, nobody will want their child to have measles, mumps, polio, rubella, no, or anything else. And, and you always want to do what's right by your child. Yeah. And when I wish, when I had my children who were young, I didn't even think twice about vaccinating them. I yeah. just did it because, you know, it's natural that they, your children, you want to do it. And it's only through this research that I've done. And as I said, I watched those two powerful movies um, that I realized that um, 
you know, this isn't as straightforward um, a decision as, as, as made for me personally, it wasn't such a straightforward decision. I think, thank goodness, I haven't got babies now because I wouldn't know what to do because, um, you know, the evidence that you provide is really powerful and the evidence that these two films provide are really powerful. And then I'm institutionalized in yeah. thinking that, that I must do this as a responsible mother. I must vaccinate my children. Yeah. So it really does make a very um, difficult decision now if you if you educate yourself in this as to what is the best thing to do. Yeah, and it's, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned those um, childhood diseases as well because, you know, the immune system becomes stronger by being exposed to childhood illness because the immune system basically reads the code of the rogue information because the body's basically a computer, right? Explain why and mm. how that works. But, but uh, an illness is a virus, whatever it is, is basically rogue information coming into the body computer and it reads that code and it learns to deal with that information if it ever, if it ever enters the body computer again. So it's building up a natural immunity. Yeah. It basically reprograms the body computer to allow it to adapt. Whereas vaccines are basically an artificial method of intervening in that process so the body doesn't develop a natural immunity to it mm. and um but there is figures for these childhood diseases and i told you i'm pushing you back on some of these ones yeah. you know some of these things and you and it's it's fair that you know i i i give the alternative view on this i mean there will be a lot of parents there will be arguing saying well you know the figures since we've had the vaccines for measles has gone right down and all these other childhood illnesses if it wasn't for these vaccines you know our children could have been wiped out with these illnesses yeah. what do you say to them well i'll take one you mentioned just now polio and um polio is an interesting one because it's claimed that um polio was basically eradicated because of vaccination and when you look at um, crops spraying, um, they used um, pesticides like um, lead arsenate. And the introduction of lead arsenate onto crops and thus people eating them and taking that in um, coincided with the rise of polio. And it causes paralysis called a poliomyelitis. And um, when um, uh, lead arsenate and DDT as well, which also causes uh, linked to paralysis. When they stopped being used, rates of polio dropped. So it wasn't vaccinations that stopped polio at all. It was the it was the stopping so, using these pesticides. That's a really big that's a really and, big and, claim and to make there, Dan. Well, I I've researched it. That's what that's. I know, that, I know, I know. Um, I'm not, and, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Bill Gates. Um, one of the things that's been said about his polio program is kids now, places like Africa, are getting um, what would be called the polio virus, basically the symptoms of polio, attributed to polio, um, because of the vaccination. Mm, mm. So with this one, my advice possibly is to get Dan's book, of course, read his yeah. side of things, read his, I mean, and, and I think you've already realised that he's very well researched and he's certainly, I, and from what I know of Dan, and please understand, I've tried to dispel, dis, disprove some of his claims over the years because I'd rather, rather his claims not be right. You know? I'd rather they not be right. <laughs> All right, Dan, is when I've asked him a question and he doesn't know the answer, he often says to me, I haven't researched that yet, so I can't yeah, tell yeah. you. He never makes yeah. an assumption. He, he always tells me the facts. So my advice to you is don't make decisions on vaccinating your children on this. Go and do your research. Buy Dan's yeah. book. You know, 
go off and, and, and follow the, the films that I possibly showed you, you know, and then go to the medical. But despite, also find out what's in these vaccines, because we're also trusting as a nation. We're also trusting in the world that, you know, these governing bodies have our best interest at heart. And the more you delve down the rabbit hole, as we're doing today, you start realizing that there is this agenda going along yeah. and your care and your, you know, you, they're not, they're not watching out for you. They're just pushing that agenda along and painting it that they are, you know, so just, just look at contents of what you're injecting into your child and things like that. Um, at that point, can I just read out this little letter I had from the school? Yeah, today? yeah, yeah. Go on, yeah. Because you know about this, this agenda and control and how control yeah. is slowly becoming more and more apparent. So my son is 13 and I'm obviously not going to mention the school because the school is, as a general school, it seems a lovely school, you know, and I'm sure this comes from the government, not necessarily the school. Uh, it was about my son, who's only 13. And if I say to my son, what do you know about vaccines? You know, he knows very little. He would not have the capability to say, yeah. I mean, if a, if a nurse said to him, do you want to have cancer? He'd say, well, no. And they'd say, well, here's yeah. a vaccine for cancer take it and you're all right then you know because that's what a 13 year old would do a 13 year old child would not turn around and say well what's my odds of cancer um what's my odds of a reaction to this vaccine what's in this vaccine a 13 year old child would not ask that at all they would just no, think, no, oh my god no, i'm gonna have cancer no i never did no, no. So anyone who's got a 13 year old, you know what I'm talking about, right? So it came home, this letter for an HPV vaccine. Again, I would refer you, apart from reading Dan's book, of course, go to Vax2 and watch out, watch the film about all the damage the HPV vaccine has done to some children. Not all children, and I'm sure many people will say that this vaccine is very good. That's up to you to decide. That's not my place to say. However, um, it does say here, it is important for you to discuss and complete the consent form with your child. Every student should return the consent form to their school as soon as possible. And if you don't want your child to receive the vaccination, um, you must say why. You must say why. So no is not enough. You have to say why, okay? Please be aware that if we do not receive the completed consent form, each young person will be assessed on an individual basis and invited to self-consent for the vaccination, providing they can demonstrate an understanding of the vaccine due. This is in line with the Gillick competency framework. So now within the school, if you're having a busy day and you forgot to sign the form to say why you don't want your son to have a vaccine, they can take your child to one side and say, do you want this HPV vaccine? And the 13 year old, oh, I don't know what it's for. Well, so you don't get cancer. Well, of course, they're going to roll their sleeves up. Go on then. Yep. But have, have they asked? Have they asked? What is in it? What is my odds of getting a reaction to it? And children do get a reaction to it. Now, maybe not many. And you need to balance up. Is this vaccine safe for my child? And I prefer the odds of this compared to the damage that it could potentially cause. Yeah. Uh, but under the Gillick, however it is, framework now, they can actually vaccinate your children at the age of 13 just on a child saying, OK, bear that in mind when COVID-19 vaccine comes in. They're now saying they're now just on that point. They're now saying that a child's presence in school is consent. The, forget the parents. Just the child being in the school is consent. There you go. Um, I've got a couple you of quotes here. I've got a couple of quotes here from the Vaccine Knowledge Project, which is a project of Oxford University, or was. It says the nasal flu spray should not be given to anyone who is severely immunodeficient. This is because the weakened viruses in the vaccine could replicate too much and cause infection. 
children who have been vaccinated with this nasal spray should avoid close contact with people who have severely weakened immune systems. This is shedding. This is talking about shedding for about two weeks following vaccination. It is not possible for a child to avoid, if it is not possible for a child to avoid contact with someone who is severely immunosuppressed, the child should not receive the nasal flu vaccine. And but that goes right up the nose into the chambers of the higher level of your brain then towards your brain, hasn't it, this spray? Um, and they do it in school. I don't know if that's true. I've heard that. So they do that in school. They do that in school because, of course, I've got young children and they bring them in the classroom and they take them all to one side and they all squirt up their nose and then we get the shedding afterwards. And, yeah. you know, people will deny it, but there's loads of parents that will tell you that the next week or the next two weeks, all the kids yeah. are coughing and sneezing and, you know, because they've all got poorly because of the live yeah. live vaccine that's gone up their nose. Um, yeah. And then, again, you don't get yeah, sent... Yeah, wow. the, you don't get sent the list of stuff that they've just shoved up your child's nose. They just no, expect no. you to trust trust what's in it. Yeah, we and had a discussion. We had a discussion the other day about doctors not knowing what's in the vaccine. No, um, and even 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 the people making the vaccine won't know the problem with with the contents. They'll just be they'll just be told put this in it, make it this way. Now let me and tell. Sorry, Dan, to interrupt. I was going to say, let me tell you a little, a little thing that I I entertain myself with <laughs> every three months is I have to have a B twelve injection, and you know I, I don't want to have a B twelve injection. I got finished as anemia, and it's in it's it's an injection I find works for me, um, and I wish I could source that B twelve another way. But the way my digestion yeah. is, it, it 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 seems to work. I, I can see feel the difference. Not too proud of the fact that I'm having chemicals put in me, but. Um, I've researched it and, and I accept that the benefit is better than, than not having it and being unwell. Yeah. But I entertain myself on a regular basis because every time I go into the doctor's surgery, there's quite often a different nurse doing it. And I always say the same thing to the nurse. What's in it? And they go, oh, it's B12, isn't it? And I go, yeah, but what is B12? I mean, as in, where do you source it? Do you get it from humans? Do you get it from plants? Do you get it from animals? Is it yeah. chemical? Don't know. Yeah. Don't know. So she's got this loaded gun. You know, as in yeah. this needle, and yeah. she's going to put it in me, and she hasn't got a clue what she's vaccinating me with. Yep. So then my husband went down for his, he doesn't go anymore, but he went down for his flu jab many years ago as well. And I said, because he's got a lung condition, and they recommended have your flu jab because you've got a lung condition and you've got to have it. So yeah. just, ask, just ask the nurse the same question, what's in it? And got a clue. <laughs> she got a clue. Yeah. So you've got all these nurses. And they say we've got these highly trained nurses all lined up to give you a vaccination. They're yeah. trained in injecting you. They're not highly trained in knowing what they're injecting you with. Correct. And I think that's a really important. Why are we not asking these questions? Why are we getting someone to inject a load of stuff into us? And you're yeah. not just saying, just out of interest, are you qualified enough to know what you're actually injecting in me? Yeah. yeah. Is that not a reasonable yeah. question to ask? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, yeah, like, like I said, there's a lot more about vaccines. Um, and yeah, back, and in your book. In the book. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get on to a COVID nineteen vaccine in a minute. Uh, we'll move on to a few more things. Food and drink. Let's food go on to drink. food and drink. Go and for I it, Dan. About, I talk about GM food in the drink. One of the goals of this agenda is to genetically modify the human form. And when we get into um, transgender later on, that will become very relevant. Um, GM food. I talk about studies that, that that talk about the problems of GM food in the book. Genetically um, modified food. That means if anyone yeah, knows yeah, GM yeah. food. Yeah, and and one one of the um, scams that's played, by the way, is in countries where they're not allowed to sell GM food, like Britain. Animals are fed GM anim animal feed, 
So when someone eats a food product, whether it's meat or dairy, that crosses over to not the same as if the animal was genetically modified, but it's the same principle. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, additives in food and drink, like aspartame, um, which is a neurotoxin, which affects the brain's ability to think sharply if you um, if you consume enough of it. Um, I mean, you know, some people have like three or four cans of Coca-Cola a day. I mean, you know, what that's going to do to their health and their perception. Mm. Um, so I, I do, I go into that in the book, yeah, as well. I thought, I think a good example of proving that as well is if you want to just walk around to a local supermarket, I won't name any in particular. Um, and it, it dawns on me sometimes as you go around that, you know, even if you look at the fruit and veg, half the time, if it's not covered in white chemicals to start off with, where it's all the sprays they put on it, you've got to wash everything yeah. off. A lot of the a lot of the um, vegetable is all perfectly shaped and perfectly formed, you yeah. know, and it's all like genetically modified and it's yeah. almost a little bit plastic, you know, yeah. quite tasteless at times compared to sort of like healthy um, organic foods, you know, yeah. and you look at the fruit and veg and you think, well, it's abundantly clear that's genetically modified, it, it, you know, in, in the way it's presented and tastes and everything else and then you move on down down the thing and you look at all the tin products and it's you know yeah. just to have the preservatives in it there's all the chemicals yeah. and the preservatives you go to the meat and you know like you've just said with the meat a lot of that is genetically modified and a lot of it is injected with different things as well isn't it dan i'm sure yeah, you know all about antibiotics and stuff yeah antibiotics which is cells yeah and then you go around to every part of that supermarket and i'd almost wanted to give somebody a challenge once and say Go in that supermarket and come in, come out with five natural products, natural products that haven't been tampered with in any way. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think if you just went into your local supermarket, you know, just, your, your, you know, the small side one down the street from you and try to bring out five natural products, I think they struggle. What do you reckon, Dan? I, I don't know if it's to that extent, but there is a lot of manipulation of food and drink, definitely. I mean, in America, it's, it's I mean, they basically don't care in America. There's no uh, regulation of, of GM food in America, so the, the stuff that Americans eat is is I'm I'm, I'm glad I'm English basically. Um, the, the the oversight and the regulation of food in America is is so minimal, and and even um food that's labelled organic in America by the USDA has been found to actually be modified. Um, are so we not all of it, but some of it? Yeah. So are we going to um? water should we put that in with the drink water now should we talk water, about water? Well, there's there's fluoride in the water uh, fluoride is uh, a brain suppressant and it can make people are you, are you all keeping up with this guys are you like are you going oh my yeah. god this is blowing my brain fluoride, fluoride um yeah I, I mean i've seen information which suggests that um fluoride can cause um fluorosis on the teeth which is a yellowing of the teeth, even though it's supposed to be good for teeth. I'm not saying it's not necessarily. So they, but so they, put, they used to put, they put the water. Let's go back on the history of this. They used to put fluoride in the water because they said it was helping to strengthen the teeth. Yeah. Now I must admit, I feel like I got a good set of teeth, and I must admit, yeah. for many years I've used fluoride. So I was always thinking that's quite a good yeah. thing, and I'm almost nervous of getting rid of my fluoride toothpaste because I have got a good set of teeth, yeah. and I don't know if it's genetic or whether actually the fluoride yeah, is done any good. I'm However, not saying it's not good for teeth. No, no, no. I know. However, I have done my research on it. And if you look at the barrels of fluoride, um, you know, that are stored as fluoride, they've got toxic, you know, skull and yeah, crossbones yeah. on them. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you know that it is a toxin. Is a toxin and at yeah. the very least, I would suggest you clean your teeth and spit it out and rinse it and spit it out and do it swallow it. At least, you know, that, was, used, that would be yeah, my I mean, advice, it's maybe. Used, it's used in the smelting of um, metals, fluoride. 
Really? They use it for that, yeah. Um, it, you know, and talk about water. There's so many chemicals in water. Ah, no. Now that's an interesting one because I bought myself a water filter, and um, and that's quite an interesting one because I've even bought a little dipstick, and you know, you put your tap water, and then it goes it to about four hundred and something different toxins in my water. Yeah. And then uh, the initial one I bought the water filter, I thought I'd done quite well. It took it down to two hundred. I thought, well, hang on a minute. And then I found, I've now upgraded to an even more powerful one, and I'm down to about yeah. 100 toxins. You know, so I'm about down to about 100 toxins on my water, but I, I, yeah. I still haven't got to a zero yet. I'm, I believe you've got to um, – oh, what is it you've got to do to get it down to zero now? It's not filter. It's um, – I can't think of the of the process you've got to have. But, of course, it's just a learning curve, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to improve my own health as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean – the chemicals in water is one of them is BPA, by the way, which mm -hmm. will be relevant when we get to transgender. BPA can cause all kinds of health problems as well. Um, yeah. which I talk about in the book. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. The, the, the level of toxicity. BPA. Just say what BPA are. stands for. What does BPA uh, stand for? What does it stand for? Uh, I, I, it, I've written it in the book. I don't remember it offhand, but it is in there. That's all right. You'll tell me in a minute. I'm sure it'll come to you. Right, let's move on. Um, we've got the title of Hunger Games Society. Go for it. Tell us all about what Hunger that means. Hunger Games Society. Well, I, I could have said this earlier, actually, because um, uh, it's to do with the structure of society that's planned. Basically, I, I'll just say this now. Um, they, the plan is for, I mean, people talk about uh, communism or capitalism or fascism, whatever, but the structure intended for society, which we've seen massively advanced in the past several months, is a technocracy, which is a society dominated by technology and experts and bureaucrats, technocrats as they're called. So people like Bill Gates, Elon Musk, um, advisors to the government. That's the, the idea of a technocracy is that they have far more power than elected politicians do. I mean, take the structure of the European Union, basically, and play it out globally. I, fi I find it amazing, you know, um, we, we basically are in a, a de facto technocracy now because of the last several months. Britain leaves the European Union, celebrates that, and then current events were in a technocracy anyway, mm. more or less. That was just yeah. ironic. But yeah. um, uh, so the plan is for a technocratic world government, unelected, and there would be unions like the European Union, the African Union, which already exists, the American Union, they want an Asia-Pacific Union, they want unions for different parts of the world. And the unions would dictate to what we now call countries, which is designed to be broken up into regions to make them easier to control and administer. And um, the unions are the means through which the world government would dictate to the regions. Um, the plan is for a world army, which would be robotic, and really? Stop at that point. Stop at that. What do you mean robotic? Because well, I'm, I'm stopping your mind. The AI, the, the world army, the world army and law enforcement of AI. Um, and when you say, so I, I visualize like all these little soldiers, you're on about drones and stuff like that, I suppose, at this point, are you? Well, I suppose no, ro ro well both really, robots and drones. And but that this is all part of the same thing. Um, it so you really small. think it's going to go that far? And we're not going into a sci-fi film now. Well, we are. 
I mean, you know, I suppose we are really, but I mean, you know, you remember that I, 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 I stop you anything that I think is far fetched to challenge you on it to, to, to yeah. get you to give me more detail because you know, I mean, it comes to a point where even I go, Whoa, whoa, whoa hang on a minute, how's yeah. that going to work? You know, yeah, whereas I can right. see I've got an advanced view to many people and I can see yeah. further down, down the field. I, I think yeah. that in this game of what's the time, Mr. Wolf, yeah. I've, I, I think my, my my head is over my shoulder and I can see yeah. it coming, you know, mm. but even I can't see a robotic army yet, you know. Well, if you want, if you want um, a law, a vicious, brutal law enforcement, then there's going to come a point where people are going to see, even as psychopathic and idiotic as some people in law enforcement are, um, many of them, people are going to see what they're playing a part in, and mm. it could be a problem. And mm. so, what you want is something that's not going to be a problem, and that's where the robotic uh, AI law enforcement world army comes in, and because um, they don't have a conscience, do they? No. You know, uh, I mean, in these protests at the moment in London, you know, they're saying to the police force, choose your side, choose your side, yeah, if you're yeah, saying, yeah. choose your side, because they want them to wake up to realise yeah. that if they put their arms down, if they say, we're not we're not going to do this, we're not going to yeah. enforce this. But of course, if, if it's an AI or, or robotic thing, then you can't pull at their moral compass, can you, no. with that type of thing? Yeah. And I mean, you know... Um, the, these uh, robotic dogs are being used. That, that that's one level. They want red humanoid robots as well. But robotic dogs are being used for law enforcement now, anyway, in America. Yes, I've so seen that possible. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, so so you can see again. You know, I'm sort of stopping and going, "Whoa, I can't believe it!" And then I already know that. I know they've got robotic dogs. Yeah. You know, I've seen them. In fact, I saw recently, it was only a little puppy in your hand. But Morris showed me, my, my husband showed me this thing, and he said, Look at this. And I said, What a cute little puppy? He said, It's robotic. And I said, But it's just acting like a normal puppy so it's totally robotic look you know so the technology is is further advanced than, than you know yeah. that we realize yeah, 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 you yeah. know like you say whatever we can see the actual advancement is way ahead of that oh, yeah, compared yeah, to what, yeah. what comes out for us to see the plan just going on from what the uh, structure is they want a world central bank which would dictate finance to every country which would be a cashless currency and chip um, and they want their Technology microchip transhuman, which is a name for the technology gender transhuman, um, as well. So that that's the structure, and that's what we're seeing. Play. And the time and the time and, frame for this, uh, then, Dan. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, where, where's the time frame? Well, if we don't if we don't stop it, where's the time frame on this? Well, twenty thirty is a key year. That's a year that keeps coming up in various guises. Agenda, which is agenda. 2030, uh, yeah. 2030 which, which we Nations, know about yeah. the united nations agenda 2030 yeah, start yeah. reading into that because that's quite a telling agenda um right the the, games, a bit of documentation yeah the hunger Games society which we've seen massively advanced in the last several months basically it's not my phrase i've borrowed it but um it basically entails a three-tier society you've got the elite in beyond mega luxury which they already are but i mean even more you've got this um brutal vicious eventually ai law enforcement and then you've got the rest of the population in beyond poverty you can only survive by and are we going that way now then dan are we going yeah. that way now with the fact that we've got this virus and people are using their jobs and they're more reliant now 
now on um, government handouts and yeah. they are um, universal credit. Everyone's suffering and with universal credit and everything else, they're becoming very reliant on the state at the moment, aren't they? So yeah. we're getting more of a divide because the rich people are getting richer because the people that own Amazon and the people that own all these big companies now that are providing the so-called help yeah. are getting richer yeah. and the workers are what? Getting poorer. Yeah. Um, with, less, and, with less freedoms and less control. Is that what's yeah. happening? So what your prediction yeah. is, which sounded, even go back before March in COVID-19, I could yeah. put money on it. You would sit in a in a social situation with anyone who didn't have any inkling of this awakening, and they would turn around and say, oh, don't be stupid. Ever. Now, going through this COVID situation, people are starting to say, this isn't yeah. adding up. Well, There's know, something not right. It's not balancing. Yeah. And, and, and I think people myself that have that have seen it because of the last several months. They're waking up, Dan. They're waking yeah. up to this. So, um, where are we at? Is everybody? Let's have a look. So, uh, yeah, Louise says boil it probably. Yeah, you know what? It did get my mind going because I think it's like a distilling of water, and I don't know what you've got to do with distilling of water, but I'm sure it's like a distiller you've got to buy. Uh, so, does that boil it, and then you have the condensation maybe, and then that's how it, how it. I, I don't know how that works, but let's look into that. I'm not sure of that one. And she said, um, I think we all would hope it won't go this way. But it's such a such a vast area, though, isn't it? So I think she's sort of hoping because I've I've been saying yeah. to you all the way through, all the years I've known you, Dan. Every time you know, at the beginning, I used to say to you because Dan was such such a, a well of knowledge, <laughs> and I'd say to him, first of all, this is blowing my brain. That was the first thing I couldn't take it all in, and then I had the most absolute defensive attitude towards him of. This is nonsense. That's rubbish. I would sit up at night and try my hardest to disprove him, you know, um, with great difficulty because it's very hard to disprove Dan because he he does his he does his homework, and you know, and I I have put my big girl's pants on now and taken this on board and taken it, you know, taken this 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 information, um, and I've allowed fear not really to um, get in the way of of my studies, I, I guess. Um, I try to be as official as I can with my sources as well. Yeah, because I, I know, know that, that that's what people want. People want, mm. yeah, you know. So, and um, like I said before, the amount of times I've asked Dan a question and said, "Dan, what do you make of this or what do you make of that?" Because I've gone off on my own resources now because I go off into different areas to Dan. There's certain areas that I really am into now more so than Dan is. And I say to Dan, "What do you make of this?" You know, and, and you know, and you know, this person in that situation, he says. Well, I've heard about it, but I can't really tell you anything because I haven't done my research yet. And he never yeah. gets drawn into an assumptive conversation, you know, yeah, like a conversation yeah. that's just assumption. He won't he won't get drawn into it because he'll just say, I can't give you an educated answer yeah. on this, so I'm not going to give you one. Whereas I might turn around and say, well, I reckon is this then, you know, that because that's sort of, you know, it's an assumption that my sixth sense might be telling me, but I haven't factually yeah, checked too, it. There's too much of the opposite on the Internet without me adding any more yeah exactly so you know this is where this is why dan's writing the book and i'm interviewing because my yeah. skills are in the interviewing more well i like to think it is i don't know how am i doing everyone are we doing all right here so um you've got this hunger game society um you know you're suggesting you know that we're going to be living in smart cities which basically is coming true now already because basically smart cities is taking people out of the country and yeah. putting them into very small blocks you know all living under you know in a city but then I was just looking at a newspaper article the other day and they were turning um, those um, ship storage containers into housing blocks and all that. And I was thinking, yeah. how small are they going to go? You know? yeah. yeah. 
um, yeah, the idea is that people will live in very um, narrow living space. I mean, you know, uh, some flats are, are massive compared to the, the size they want people to live in, and they will be, be completely controlled by technology and surveilled. And um, the Internet of Things, which I write about, which is a name coined by former CIA director David Petraeus, where everything is connected to the Internet. And the idea in the end, I mean, even your fridge, I mean, you know, people think this is fantastic, you know, even even down to what's in your fridge will be um, monitored and your Internet can be turned off, your electricity can be turned off. This is what partly the smart reaches that kind of access. But this is not going to happen overnight. Let's assure people this is not going to happen overnight. You know, things have changed. You look back over the years and how life for people have changed. Look at your grandmother's way of living. Look at your mother's way of living. The advancements have happened, right? Yeah. There's no doubt that there is change in society, but it's not going to happen overnight. It is total totalitarianism, tiptoe, whatever you say it is. Yeah, well, except That's now, it is. totalitarian. Spring. So you can't go from where we're talking now to to, to thinking, oh, my fridge talking. <laughs> it doesn't work no. like that. And no. it gets sold to you that it's a good idea. And everything no. gets sold to you, it's a good idea. And that will save you time and that will save you money, you know. And no. this is how it creeps in on you. Before you know it, you look around you and go, I am totally controlled by this no. situation. Now, some people embrace it as the lazier saying, but this has helped my lifestyle. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Providing you still have freedom of choice. Yeah. Freedom. You've got yeah. freedom. Have you still yeah. got freedom, or are they take, or is there somebody controlling you? And if, at the point, if, if, if people want to live in this society, then they should have the choice to do that, as long as others have the choice not to. Hmm. Hmm. So we've gone on to. So we've got to remember now. We're gonna. I'm gonna skip over. Not skip over a few of these, but we're gonna go through a few of these a bit faster. Uh, because they got by your book and read it. Okay. Yeah. So you know you're talking about smart cities, regionalized countries. Um, Money creation, no politician has ever changed it. Cashless universal, we've gone into, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. Corporate, corporate, I can't say, corporatization, gentrification. Yeah. Those two are connected. Basically, uh, they're, they're, you know, destroying small business, destroying uh, medium-sized business. And haven't we seen that in the last several months? And corporations owned by the elite, not least through Zionism, will run everything and will... Um, through so what that we're doing implement the agenda basically the corporations are organizations with different specializations relating to the agenda mm. so amazon is in the area of book publishing and deciding eventually no we're not going to publish that because it the contents of the book is i mean they wouldn't publish this for a start um uh uh the work, work you know um basically bringing everything online online commerce destroying the competition so um but we're seeing that already. Coca-Cola, for example, Coca-Cola, um, their specialization is additives in food and drink and, and other things under the guise of a product. Um, energy companies, their specialization is smart meters and the health effects of them and the surveillance of them. So all these elite corporations have got different specializations and the idea is that they will be running everything. And so ev mm. whenever a product is sold or a service is given, it will be the agenda coming in under the guise of a product or a service. And, and we're taking out business. So we're going to go on to COVID-19 in a couple of topics time. But, you know, um, we've got some sort of controversial news on COVID-19 um, and the way, you know, when you when you look at and you have the 
perception of how the agenda is and you're looking at it from this point of view you start thinking to yourself well hang on a minute this is a great tool if 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 COVID-19 is not what they say it is let's just say if just let's open our mind to the if then this is a fantastic tool for social change to move the agenda along its way not in a little toe-to-toe where it is tiptoe but a great big leap in one go this this has the this this really has um the ability to take some great big steps on this one now, yeah. isn't it? Faster than they would ever yeah. have been able to do otherwise, you know. Yeah. And this is this is where we need to really process now what's happening in the world. And we'll talk about it now. Well, we do you want to? Other things. Would you like to? Should we just go into COVID nineteen now? Shall we? Yeah, let's get because you've got to get it, haven't we? Okay, so can I, before we do it. that, can I do my little analogy with the old hand yeah. thing that I was yeah, going to yeah. do? Yeah. So. So let's talk about this then. Louise, are you in on this one? Can you hear this one? Because this is quite important. Um, so all the way through COVID-19, I've been watching Dan's stance and what his stance on it is. And very early on, he called it and he said, there is no COVID-19. And I was quite mortified, if I'm honest. And I said, Dan, be ever so careful what you're saying there, mate. I said, I know well, there's people <laughs> no, but you, but your research, right? And yeah, I said, yeah. there's people, there's people there that's ill. There's people, there's families there that believe there's an illness, and there's grief involved, and there's fear involved, you yeah. know. And he was adamant. He was absolutely adamant. Now, I sat back and didn't comment on this, but I did take the time. I noticed that some people got quite upset with you saying this, but they, I took the time to ask you to explain why and i'm going to try and explain it in simple in my simple terms of how okay. i understood what you were trying to say okay. and then you can go into great detail i'm just checking if anyone's commenting and listening at this point or they've all gone to sleep right so the first question was ask somebody do you know the difference between covid19 and coronavirus and the average person doesn't know the difference. They think they're one of the same. Okay. So um, the first thing to, to research is what's coronavirus and what's COVID-19? And I'm gonna do an analogy with my hands, okay? So imagine this circle here is coronavirus. It's the generic word for a family of viruses, okay? Right. And I've found out that in this coronavirus family, there are 45 strains known to man, scientifically known to man. And let's call these fingers you know, five of those 45, okay? So this is coronavirus. So it's the equivalent of the word dog and then all the breeds of dogs. So you've got the dog there and you've got Span Spaniel, Boxer, Chihuahua, blood, you know, all the different dogs, right? So if you've got the idea, coronavirus and then all the different ones. So let's go back to coronavirus. This is coronavirus. And then each one of these are different illnesses within the family, of which let's just say this one here is the alleged COVID-19. But in the family, you've got SARS-1. Am I right in saying SARS-1, which was the was one that we were scared about a little while ago? You know, precursor to this one. And then yeah. you've got the common cold and you've got different right. flu viruses. So you've got all these yeah. different viruses. There's lots of different strains of them. Now, when you work out uh, a virus, you have to isolate and purify that virus. Okay, now that means when you do a sample, you take it out and you strip it away from everything else and you find its genetic sequence. Now, I'm going to refer to that as a fingerprint. So if I have the fingerprint of my little finger, right, that is unique to that finger, right? So yeah. if I show you another picture of that finger, you'll always say, that's Sue's little finger, right? Because that's the genetic sequence. That's the fingerprint, right? Yeah. The same yeah. with that one, the same with that one, the same with that one, the same yeah. with that yeah. one. 
Now, where Dan just said there is no COVID-19, I'm going, oh, you can't say that. There's all these people dying. You know, well, you're not disputing that there may be a very bad virus going around, are you? You're not disputing that there could be, like, like you have a bad flu season or something like that. You know, there could be a bad flu season driven by fear and, you know, the, the, the press and everything else, you know. But you're not saying, what you're saying is they haven't isolated and purified COVID-19. Um, and what's concerning more so is the fact that um, scientists have asked the government to prove this genetic sequencing. And they haven't done so yet, have they? No. No, no, nobody much like yeah let's go into i mean first of all let's look at what um let's look at how this said to have started in wuhan first of all wuhan and lombardy in italy northern italy which was said to be another major center of this virus outbreak is infamous for its toxic polluted air so people suffering respiratory symptoms in those places i mean swing a cat and you or swing a bat and you'll, you'll, hit, you'll hit someone with it. I mean, mm. it, it's everywhere. Obviously, it's going to be. Now, um, a virus, what is one? It's a microorganism, which means it's basically beyond the ability of the naked eye. On an, it's a microorganism on the nanometer scale, just like you can't see nanotechnology, the same reason. And um, a virus contains RNA, genetic material, just as all living things do. A virus is not living, but it, it's active or inactive. And this genetic material is housed in a casing which allows for contact with the body in what was known as receptors or receivers. Um, and for example, the spikes of the coronavirus, we've all seen the images, the computer generated images like on the news and stuff of the, the virus, what they say is the virus. Um, and that allows for basically a lock and key mechanism where the virus goes through the body and it finds a receptor and it binds to the body um, through that and then it can release its genetic material. And I mean, I could I talk about RNA and DNA in here actually, because mainstream science knows only a fraction of what cutting edge science does about those two things. The process of identifying a virus is you have to, first of all, take a sample, let's take COVID-19 and respiratory disease. So you take a sample of lung fluid because uh, what causes the problem with pneumonia is the lungs filled with fluid. So you take a sample of lung fluid and you have to filter the sample. You have to basically isolate any kind, anything that could be potentially viral or bacterial or anything away from any other contamination. So you're just dealing with the virus and you do that by filtering the sample, which removes material like bacteria, like cellular debris, like um, different kinds of material other genet free genetic material which is just kind of around the body all the time you get rid of that through the filter because things like bacteria the particles of bacteria are bigger than the size of the filter so viral particles will go through the filter and so now you should only have viral particles left but the problem is all you can see is the fluid still this is where what is known as a centrifuge comes in which is a box basically with a a wheel powered by a motor inside the box which spins the sample material at high speed the centrifuge also has what is known as a density gradient solution meaning a particularly dense liquid more solid than say water for example and the centrifuge uses centrifugal force hence the name to form a strip a band of the viral particles inside the centrifuge because they all have the same density and you can then easily take a pipette and 
suck the particles out and then place them under an electron microscope which can see material right down to the nanometer scale like viruses and the viral particles can then be examined and spliced open and you can reveal the genetic sequence the rna which you said just now and this rna can then be what they call sequence which means you look at the entire genetic sequence um genetic code of the virus and then you understand from a genetic perspective what the virus is and and um, so and that, so this has never been done on COVID-19 no no and I, I've, so, read, I've read so many papers and studies that claim to have done so they've not and and so um even if it were done right that should be a transparent piece of information to be given out so let's say I mean, you're saying it hasn't been done because because no independent scientist or anybody out of the government body has seen the genetic sequencing, have they? So yeah, what we yeah. what we've done, people have done, is actually put in um, legal letters into the government and said we need to see the genetic sequence of this COVID nineteen, and, and the government's not released it, have they? No. And uh, so as no. they've not released it, you could ask yourself, why have they not released it? Why is this little genetic sequence not being released? Is it because they haven't found it? Yeah. Or is it because Whether, they don't want you to know it's man-made? Yeah. Or is there some other secret? But why why are they not releasing this out to uh, generally? What, what they do is they will um, they'll take short snippets of RNA from sample without isolating and purifying. They just take a sample. And what they'll do then is they'll make this like Frankenstein genetic sequence of um, based on computer models of other vir viruses. They've identified mm. it the same way and they put it together in this computer model. So mm. there they have stated this is the genetic sequence of the virus they have done that mm. but they've not done it with a pure virus so for example when when they mapped out the human genome they had a human to do it from a pure sample yeah they've never done with the virus so i mean so so going on from that correct me if i'm wrong um people have seen jeremy corbyn's brother pierce corbyn and he's he was one of those that actually put in this thing to the government saying um, you know, we need to see the genetic sequence. We need to know that it's being purified and isolated and things else. And he hasn't had it. And so what he's been doing is going around different um, rallies. I was going to say protest rallies. And then he, he, he he's declaring there is no COVID-19, you yeah. know, because this is based on this science, based on the fact that yeah. there is no science here that's transparent. Yeah. And then they're arresting him. They're holding him for 24 hours. They're not they're, they're, they're not really charging him anything, are they? Or if, they're, if they're charging him, it's not, you know, and then he's released. And then he, they've got a team of people that are scooping him up and taking him to the next rally. And he's declaring it's not COVID-19 and trying to explain the science. But for those listening now, they are probably so baffled by this because, Dan, you're so clever at understanding this. And it's took me a long time to understand it and process it. And for the naked eye, you sort of like, you know, the person that's watching um netflix and and strictly yeah. come dancing they can only take a little section of that information and they're done for and so they can hear someone just declaring there's no covid19 and then they say what well, is people in the hospital he's an idiot you know and that's as far as their that's as far as their brains can function mm -hmm. you know and then you have piers morgan on the telly with piers morgan with um, Piers Corbyn having an interview, and he absolutely slated Piers Corbyn, and Piers was trying to explain the science, yeah. and he says, you're a dangerous man, he said, you're claiming that, and you're saying all these people dying, yeah. and, you know, and that's not what he's saying. He's saying, you know, this is the basic foundation stepping stone on COVID-19. If you can't prove 
the genetic sequencing by isolating and purifying this yeah. illness everything else every action has been taken off the back based on that yeah based on that and then go into the testing dan tell us how they test should we go for my little hand what are they testing for are they testing for this that they have no genetic sequence for or are they possibly testing for this um well they without without taking the genetic sequence which is what the test is supposed to be testing for you can't really know what they're testing for they're certainly not testing for the virus um because they've never found the virus so um there is uh, a sequence called Koch's postulates which have been used since 1890 to prove that an infectious agent causes a disease and this is the sequence one the microorganism must be found in abundance in all organisms suffering from the disease but should not be found in healthy organisms makes sense hmm. the microorganism must be isolated from a diseased organism and grown in a pure culture or in the case of a virus a host cell uh, basically a self uh, an infected cell hmm. the cultured microorganism should cause disease when introduced into a healthy organism and hmm. the microorganism must be re-isolated basically you take a sample from someone who's infected or an animal is infected or whatever you isolate and purify the virus out from that and then you put it into someone else or some mm. another animal and they must get the same symptoms and then you can say okay there's a clear cause and effect here mm. those studies have never been done in fact there was a study done to test the infectious nature of COVID-19 455 people um they they basically tried to um see if they could be infected not one person got ill not one person interesting isn't it and um so it was um so there, what there, i was gonna there is, there is another criteria called rivers criteria with thomas rivers who was um who worked for the rockefeller institute interestingly and uh it's much much less stringent so it's a lot easier to prove that there is a virus but they've never even done it on that criteria either mm. so i wondered um you know they're not testing for covid19 because because um uh, is it Kerry Mullis? Who, Kerry who Mullis mentioned, the inventor of the test said. The inventor, he's actually known as saying that it wasn't a diagnostic tool. He's already no, no, the one it's that actually... it, 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 It's used to what they call amplify material, which is basically, it allows you to look at material in a laboratory easier. It allows you to pick up more and more material yeah. in the sample so this and is the, the guy more... that invented the dnr yeah. test is saying that it wasn't it wasn't invented as a diagnostic tool and yet yeah. Yeah. we've gone into a second lockdown because of cases from a purely or, on these tests on these tests yeah. not on deaths on the no. tests that the inventor said was not um, fit for purpose for diagnostic testing is that what yeah, we're yeah. saying yeah. so now we know that we've got a test that's not suitable for purpose that they're using to make all the decisions on even though there's no deaths in hospitals like you know yeah. enough to warrant this but also it made me wonder and i don't know how you feel about it is the fact that now in schools we've got the flu mist going up the noses we've got the all the everyone's queuing up for their flu jabs yeah. and what are they put in in the flu jab is that a live a live a virus long, well yeah a live virus so, so imagine now you've had your blue jab and then you fill it out with sorts the next day and the kids they stay on the on the, the kids thing your child may develop a temperature and they may develop a bit of a cough and they may you know so the parents the next day after the flu spray the child's got a temperature a bit of a cough oh we better get them down and get them tested now because yeah. now they might have covid shove this thing up their nose we should have just had a live a live spray shoved up their nose yeah. what's the chances then dan 
of this test now coming back as a false positive because they've had the flu spray chucked up their nose? Well, I, I would say they're all false positives because they're not testing for the virus, they're testing for other material. And I've read studies recently which have said, which have actually made the newspapers, at least online, and they've said it's believed that um, the test could be picking up fragments of old viruses. Exactly, that's what it does. It's a test yeah. well, I've seen to, those reports as well. to bring out more material to be detected in a laboratory. It's not a test yeah. for the virus. No. So the more cycles of amplification you do, the more you amplify the material, the more of it you bring out to be picked up by the test. And so, yeah. um, I mean, basically, the more you amplify, it takes how many positives you get, not how many people are actually infected. No, because because it, it's a funny thing. I heard I read a phrase today. It says, "Isn't it funny that people have to have a test to know that they've got it?" Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. You know, I would virus, imagine yeah. if you've got a deadly virus, you'd just be led out. Like, <laughs> you know, would you yeah. even be fit enough to go for a test? I mean, yeah. if it's a deadly virus, I mean, you know, you must know the difference between a deadly virus and yeah. oh, I'm feeling quite good today. Let's have a test. Oh, you've got it. Have I? Have yeah, I? Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. is that is that not a little bit suspicious? You well, know, I mean, it, I mean, it, it, it rings alarm bells for me well the tanzanian government sent samples of papaya and a jack and a goat, and, and a goat yeah and labeled them under human names and addresses sent to them a laboratory and they tested positive and by yeah. the way it was the inside of the fruit not the outside where you could think oh someone's touched the fruit and they've the inside no, no, no. Of the, fruit. the juice it's yeah yeah, yeah. For a virus it's testing for all kinds of stuff and so let's let's cases that are being used to lock down countries yeah, yeah. To destroy the economy to destroy yeah. business destroy yeah. lives yeah so let's get let's get to the fact so we we would encourage wouldn't we dan that everybody doesn't take this on fact they go and do their own research yeah. because it's really important that you don't get told you don't get told this is happening you the door has been opened dan's opening the door for you to do your investigation do it by the book for starters yeah. use that as a as a key and a compass you know to get yourself in the door open the door and research because the the answers are there they're right in front of you you know they they're right in front of you you just need to research it okay i've got, I've got so, a whole chapter 25 pages on covid 19 that looks at every element of it so we'll okay. just do a recap on that we've got a situation where we believe well, Dan is absolutely sure that COVID-19 has not been isolated and purified. We're not right. denying that there hasn't been some bad flu season or some other. There could well be a COVID-19, but it's not been scientifically proven. OK, that's the difference. Right. Hasn't been scientifically proven. And off the back of faulty tests, because the guy that actually invented it said they were not fit for purpose, but diagnostic measures. They were only testing really at best for COVID-19, if, if, if that at all, you know, yeah. and then we're getting all these false positives and off these false positives, not off of the deaths in the hospital. We need you need to wake up to this fact. Yeah, yeah. If people are dying, pay attention. Yeah. If it's test results of a man who invented a test, who said it's not a diagnostic tool. Yeah. If yeah. the tests alone are giving you this fear, giving you these numbers and everything else you know look into it ask yourself is this right have you been living in fear have you been living in terrified fear and suppressive fear over false figures that's what you need to find out you know don't, don't let us tell you go and do your research and have a look and see what you think you know yeah. now if it if it is something like this if it is something like this and it's false test what on earth is happening dan What's happening? Tell us what's happening. In in what sense? 
what well it looks like so it's the agenda again right yeah oh yeah 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 i mean there's so, so much tell, the us, agenda. tell us right let's let's go down the path of first of all go down the path of um we have got covid19 this is let's just go down the conventional route we have covid19 but they haven't isolated and purified it but they will do at some point you know and everything we've been told is true right Okay. that's one option but we've already blown that out of the water right we've yeah. blown so many of these facts out of the water that can't be true no. so now we need to know how on earth and who on earth can pull off such a huge lie that yeah. it's so big that you're thinking how yeah. how can you possibly do that now yeah. I can probably add some input to that, but Dan, this is over to you first of all. Tell us yeah. how, if this is the case, let's just go down our thought chain of something is wrong here. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, tell us how how it could possibly be wrong well, and I mean, how, can, well, how can they achieve that? One guy is the answer in many ways. Um, I know you're going to say. Control him, Bill Gates. He has massive financial connections to Johns Hopkins University, which is compiling the global figures for cases and deaths. Uh, he has, or rather the university has connections to him. Um, he's funded the um, Imperial College London uh, with a guy, uh, a team, especially a guy called Professor Neil Ferguson, who produced the, <laughs> he produced the um, ludicrous computer models, who has a terrible history of computer modeling. Um, and um, I talk about that in the book and, and other connections to him as well interestingly because at the time of the swine flu he was doing exactly what he's doing now and it's it was came out in a documentary called trust who which you can find on amazon prime i recommend watching um he had conflicts of interest which he declared to three vaccine companies which produced swine flu vaccines um so he came up with computer models saying that in britain up to five hundred thousand people could die if we don't go into lockdown and in america up to 2.2 million people could die and as we now know, the lockdown has caused more deaths and suffering than the virus ever would have done, even if it was real. And people are going to say, where, where are all these deaths coming from that we had in the winter and spring? Well, a few facts. The um, a government policy document for the NHS entitled COVID-19 Hospital Discharge Service Requirement ordered the NHS early on to discharge 15,000 patients to make room for the expected surge of COVID-19 patients. And a lot of them were elderly and a lot of them went to care homes. And the way elderly people are being treated in care homes is utterly disgusting. So a lot, so that's 15,000 first off, not all of them, but a lot of that 15,000 would have died. Most of them were palliative care or, yeah, or yeah. you know, very serious illnesses. Yes. The, um, before the they needed to be in hospital that's there that's where they were and they were taken yeah. out of hospital and put into um inappropriate care situations mm. and basically it, yeah. well the um the uh, the government daily deaths which they're not doing now they're doing daily cases and a test not testing for the virus but um the daily deaths that we had in the winter and the spring those figures i know because i looked at this myself those figures went back five weeks or more they weren't daily deaths at all they would go back a month or more um and there was uh i think it was april the 10th there was said to be 908 people died that was over five weeks mm. and the mm. office of national statistics in britain is um looks at the registration of deaths but they can't not the number of people who die each week but the number of deaths registered each week 
and this naturally leads to delays in the recording of numbers because the registration process can take a few days. However, with coronavirus deaths, since it's a national emergency, they say, they're now including provisional figures, or they were, like I say, at that time, which will be included in the what they call the data set in subsequent weeks. And that leaves them wide open to reporting some deaths twice, once provisionally and then officially a week later. So, I mean, that's, that's anyone want to know where the, and also you've got people who don't go to hospital, but people who were told not to go to hospital. You've got empty hospitals when they could have can, been there. As can I, 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 and, I, 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 um, so anyone wonder where the excess deaths are coming from? Come yeah. It's, it's that simple. Well, there's a couple of there's a couple of other points that I researched in America because it's a private health system. The hospitals were paid more money if they put COVID on the death certificate because um, it was you know and and they got even more money if they put the patient on a ventilator and that's easily yeah. researched. Even you if can they check don't that need the ventilator. Yeah, that is easily checked and researched. Yeah. And the other thing that I don't think we covered. Uh, you covered the fact that Bill Gates had a lot of interest in you know when it was a uh, conflict of interest, Chris but. Whiskey. Chris Whitty, the but, chief medical officer. Um, yeah. Gene Burks in America. Yeah. Um, Sir Patrick Valance. Yeah. Um, I've researched all these. Yeah. Yeah. No, but let me, while I've got it in my head, um, the you, main. And you're selling the vaccine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I'm going to get to. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the main person that is financing the World Health Organization now, since America pulled out, is Bill Gates. Bill right. Gates um, is financing so much money into the world health organization it shadows over about the next the next five countries yeah. donations below him yeah. he literally has total financial control of the world health organization now yeah. if you look at the news they keep saying the world health organization with ted ross who's leading yeah. it advises this advises that you've got to do this you've got to do that well they may as well just say bill gates says this bill gates says that because yeah. he owns it right yeah. then he then bill gates has financial interests in virtually all the vaccine companies. So correct me if I'm wrong. Under the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, yeah, yeah. which yeah. which is um, to do with vaccines, and they are literally funding the vaccine. Now, yeah. where my concern is is a conflict of interest. Is this is not morally or ethically ethically correct that the mm. the guy who who basically has financial control of the World Health Organization, which should be independent, and impartial, yeah. is also going to be making a lot of money out of 53 billion vaccines. Yeah. But he is also the man that is right slap bang in the middle of Silicon Valley where this agenda is coming into play. And it's like, if that penny doesn't drop by now, but one more thing, Dan, before you drop I'm, in. I'm, I'm, go on, go on. I was going to say, and if that doesn't bother you, go to the government website and the government are pushing that vaccine through unlicensed so right. it's going to go through its speed under pandemic new laws, right, where it has to bypass independent testing. So it, so we don't know what this is, what they're putting in the vaccine, and it's not going to go out to independent testing. They're just going to cut the corner, yeah. and there it is. You know, now, right. if that doesn't worry you, it should. It and really should. And what's one of the um, – talking of Silicon Valley and Bill Wick's connections – What's one of the things that is almost certainly going to be in this vaccine? Nanotechnology. There you go. And there's there's your totalian tiptoe taking great big steps yeah. Yeah. because we're all so scared. We're all so terrified of a of a virus that they can't even test correctly. 
They yeah. can't even test it correctly and they haven't isolated and purified it. Now, we really need to get the human race to understand this because for every time they put their head in Netflix, you know, this, this, it's what's on. the time, Mr. Wolf? We are yeah. at that point now. You know, yeah. the wolf is there. You know, he's creeped up and he's creeped up and yeah. he's creeped up and he's behind you now. He's behind yeah. you. He's there. Right. Yeah. Now, what yeah. are we going to yeah. do as yeah. a human race? That's where we're at, right? Are we any? Are we? Is there any other way to describe it, Dan? No, and that's that's a great analogy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, all bear in mind all these measures now, the masks, and uh, which there are studies saying. I mean, I was looking at a study today. Um, where is it here? A study at the University of New South Wales in Sydney, Australia, found that the use of cloth masks by healthcare workers people as well but they actually put them at increased risk of respiratory illness and viral infections penetration of cloth mass by particles was almost 97 percent compared to medical mass with 44 percent and uh what's another quote i had here um oh yeah this is from a, a, a health organization our decision to no longer require routine surgical masks for personnel not scrubbed for surgery is a departure from common practice. But the evidence to support this practice does not exist. And studies to establish differences in infection rates with or without face masks would likely be difficult to design and implement given the small potential effect. But but the mask, the hand sanitizer, the, um, the um, track and trace surveillance, it's all based on cases. Track and trace, they want to know where you are, they want to yeah. know what you're doing, they want all your ID. This PayPal thing, they want all my ID, they've had to take it all. This is going at super high speed now. They're not yeah. tiptoeing anymore. They're coming at you with a train charging at you now. And this yeah. is this is that final pounce for what's the time, Mr. Wolf, you know? Um, you know, it's I don't know. I mean, all I can say is do your investigation, do it, do it and check it because this is worrying times, you know, and, and, you know, we need, we need people now to educate themselves. They need to educate themselves. They need to do their own research. And your book is a great starting point, but there are other people that do this type of work as well. There's some very strong people out there who have, who have stood up against all odds and they have, told us this message over and over again and the uneducated the ones that can't pull away from netflix and can't pull away from strictly come dancing the best they can do is say what's a load of rubbish and that's a conspiracy theory and everything else but if people take the time to listen to the facts it's yeah. there in front of you yeah it's it, it's there in front of you i i just want to add something um china mm. was the origin we're told of this outbreak and in a very short time china society reopened the economy mm. reopened, people went back. They're having parties in China now. No social and, distancing. Just and like do you remember? Do you remember at the start of Yeah. But did you did you remember at the start of the start of this um this start of this pandemic? They showed us all these pictures of these people in China just dropping dead in the street and dropping that absolutely terrified yeah. us. Dropping dead. Do we know anyone who's just dropped dead in the street? Anybody know anybody who's just dropped dead in the street? It hasn't happened over here. It hasn't happened. And the other thing that was really interesting as well is if this virus is so deadly, I remember 
at the start of this pandemic. I took it very seriously. I mean, I was in for three months with my husband. I didn't want him ill. I mean, I, you know, I took it very seriously. And I've come to this conclusion through education, educating my mind. You know, it's not, you know, anything else. I'm, you know, they had the BLM march down in Bristol. Thousands of people down there, all mixing. We had no spike. They had the rave over in Bath. Thousands of people mixing. We had no spike. We had all the beaches full. No spike. The spike wasn't there. We had a march in Berlin with Robert Kennedy Jr. talking about this. And Robert Kennedy Jr. in Berlin called out Bill Gates and Fauci. He called them out. You know, there's a brave man there, you know, that I was going to dodge a bullet because, you know, that's a very brave thing to do. And he called it out for a million people. Berlin didn't have a spike london on august the 29th 35,000 people they didn't have a spike no. you know they have all mixed no. now this is the evidence the evidence shows you that they've had all these different things now at the beginning i was the first person to say oh my god they're stupid they're all gonna they're all gonna spread this virus this is ridiculous i'd never catch me down there doing that but, but the evidence is in front of us. We have to look at the facts of what we've got here. You know, we've got a test that's not testing for the virus. If you look it up, you'll find that. We've got a, a virus that's not been isolated and purified. If you can really get into your information on that mm-hmm. and work it out, try your best to understand it. Absolutely. You'll find that's the case. Follow in your book. Follow, follow um, you know, more independence. Ask yourself, why is the alternative being deleted? Why is options of cure? hydroxychloroquine that's an interesting one an interesting thing to follow with zinc now people are saying that if there is some lung type viral condition and i know dan's book is saying there's no covid19 but if there is some dodgy virus going around and the doctors are treating it with a cure why is the cure being deleted why is that is always the vaccine push in fact boris only announced in question time i believe it was yesterday that you can source one of the mps turned around and said um there's three options to this virus you can either just let it run its course or we can have herd immunity or we can go for full of vac- vaccination one two or three and they said which one is the prime minister going for he stood up he said number three and sat down again yeah he told you he's going for the vaccine yeah. he's not going for herd immunity he's not going for it phasing out and it is phasing out because right. the deaths aren't there now the deaths aren't there we've had all these great big yeah protests they're not there at the moment Let me make a point on that the cdc uh, a few weeks ago now said the infection the infection to fatality ratio is about 0.26 percent for over 70 but obviously right. most people are under 70 um because you know there's more people under 70 than over 70 so the infection to fatality ratio for most people they said basically under 70 it was 0.004 percent but That's right that was a few weeks ago Every time that this is the way inversion invasion mentioned earlier, the way they've spun this every time there's a positive case for someone who doesn't die, is not ill, doesn't need to go to the hospital, which is the vast amount of people who test positive. It's true for the virus. That infection to fatality ratio gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And it was 0.004% to start with. So what is it now? A few weeks later It's. I mean, that that's if there is a virus. I mean, but. But, you know, we go back through history and we haven't covered any of this, you know, and I'm not sure you've covered this in the book, but, you know, 
you and I have, have, have done a lot of investigation in 9-11. We've gone into a lot of investigation in, I don't know, the war of terror and the yeah. and, and the war the, the war of um uh what do you call it weapons of mass destruction yeah you know and you go, you go into those elements of history and you realize this is fear tactics this is a psyop yeah. it's it's yeah. fear tactics and and you know and we've been spun some hell of a life just think about the weapons of mass destruction there wasn't any but we we all we all kind of thought oh yeah we better go yeah. in because they're yeah. going to nuke us they're going to nuke us and we're all terrified we're going to be nuked that's yeah. not what happened you know, you need to investigate that. That's not what happened. And and the people that are meant to be looking after us lied. They lied. Yeah. There was no weapons of mass destruction. You know, there's no way you can spin that. You know, they'll say, oh, it was an yeah. error. It might yeah. have been an error, but you lied. You told us they were there. You told us they were there and they weren't. And we and we caused untold damage in those countries and we pillaged those countries. And it's just an example. If you go back in history and you look at your, your history, you know, it isn't it's not an impossibility that this could be a lie in fact quite frankly on the yeah. evidence that's being brought forward by many people now it's yeah. a strong case it's a very strong case so yeah. dan did you want to add anything more to that and how about anyone no. listening could you just no. put some feedback in the, in the in the chat box for us put some feedback in how, yeah. how have we done with this have, have you found this interesting um like do you I feel say, like you 25 pages on COVID-19. So what I talked about tonight is just headlines. Well, what so, I'm going to do, Dan, in a minute, because it is getting on. We've done two and a half yeah. hours on this. We'll I told you. But no, well, we could day. do part two. Yeah, let's do part two another day. But let me just read what we okay. were going to do. Right. So these are the things that were in the book. So if you wanted to buy it. Part but two. we might, we might, if, if Louise and others listening would like us to do a part two, we'll do a part two. But these are the things we haven't covered yet. And these are ones I really wanted to get into because these are so interesting. Free speech. So Silicon Valley censorship, which we've touched a bit. Controversial yeah. subjects. And the fact that we can't talk about controversial subjects anymore because we've all got to be so politically correct. We yeah. should be at our free speech. Anti-Senators and Protection Racket. Rebecca Long-Bailey's tweet and the Labour Party, which we did touch on to some degree, I have to admit. Then we were going to go into um, childhood. Anyone listening, do um, just put your feedback into us. Childhood, social media, um, you know, uh, but first mind control and state taking control of children and the school. Um, yeah. Vaccines, progressive mindset, transgender, confusing children, drag queens, social services, technology, changing the brain, removing true childhood, replace it with technology and turning out weak people, breaking up the family unit. Then we were going to go on to politics, the fake left and politics funded by George Soros. Now, that's a really interesting one to get into. And I look forward to doing that one with you, Dan. Yeah. Migration, Marxist philosophy, rules for radicals, uh, populism, technocracy, Brexit. Then we were going to go on to the environment, human cause climate change. Now, the one I'm going to love to talk about with you is the wildfires, especially the ones in paradise, because I've got some great theories on that yeah. one. And I'd love to see what you say in the book about those. Yeah. The wildfires were um, really fascinating, uh, fracking. And then you were going to tell us the solutions, which yeah. we haven't got no. to. So yeah. do you know what? We won't tell them the solutions because they'll have to buy your book to find that one out. Well, part two, we might <laughs> get into them. Yeah. We will. We will, but, yeah. Dan. And um I mean, I don't know. I'll leave you with your last word in just a second. But my my message really is, is that I've been down this rabbit hole, as they say, for about, I don't know, how many years now? Five, maybe? I don't know. Maybe that. Well. But I've learned so much. And Dan has been the person that's really got me on this trail. Um, and, you know, take take Dan's advice and investigate everything, you know, and find the truth. 
you know, don't go on assumptions. Don't just go, oh, it's probably because of this. It's probably because of that. Make an assumption. Find the truth on everything. It's okay to question everything. Question yeah. everything. It's okay to. And do what Dan does. Only answer if you're absolutely sure of your answer. Because, yeah. uh, yeah. well, Dan, I'm going to leave you with a final word or two. But I just want to say thank you, not only for yeah. all the information you've given, not only the work you're doing, but thank you for being my mate. Because I tell you what, you're a fantastic bloke. Really, you are. Um, you, you've said everything I would think to say, so I don't have any last words. <laughs> I can't wait to do part two of you, Dan. Now, yeah, listen, I'm you recording this. You've got it recorded, haven't you? Yeah. Don't say no. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, Louisa just said, thank you both. Roll on part two. Oh, Louise, you've managed to stay with us all this time. Mm, wow. Listen, I'm still smiling. And do you know what? We've we've both we both realize the severity of this, Dan, don't we? But we've also yeah, realized yeah. Yeah. that fear, fear is a very negative emotion. Yeah. And it lowers your immune system, it lowers your mental health, and you have to be proactive and yeah. you know, and you have to be positive. And um live for the moment live for the moment you know and we don't want to be doom and gloom and i like to think that i'm quite a smiley person as a general rule but i'm very very aware of what's going on yeah. but um you know spread spread the word maybe i've enjoyed right. thank you i have for interviewing take me. care love to all take care right you got Bye. you got to turn us off now dan because <laughs> i don't want to do it <laughs> bye thank you bye everyone you. yeah take care